Hello, true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. I'm Ellen. I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. I'm Ryan. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was the bass. That's fine. <laughs> I'm Ryan. Holding it down on the um, wood. Literally. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to our latest issue. This, I believe, gentlemen, is issue number 13. Lucky 13? Lucky 13. Should we Um, have skipped it? Like like a building built in the 20s? No, because we are not superstitious on this show. Uh, At least that I know of. Um, So, welcome to uh, issue number 13 of Four Color Commentary, a show about comic books. Yay! Hooray! So, before we get into the show and kind of break down who we are and what we do here, uh, we want to let you guys know how you can reach out to us. Uh, We do have a website, uh, uh, fourcolorpodcast.com. There you can uh, do all the things I'm about to tell you that you can do to reach out to us. Uh, We're also part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, uh, so you can reach us at... Uh, stuffandthingsnetwork.com as well uh, that we have a list of all the different shows that we have soon to be four um, which is exciting uh, right now we have three uh, so uh, we also have a, a Twitter account that you can reach us at it's at four color pod on Twitter um, so you can reach out to us there give us recommendations let us know what you think of the episodes uh, you can also reach out to us uh, via uh, Facebook we have a Facebook you can give us a big thumbs up and of course we have the original way of internet communication we have do have an email address so uh, four color podcast at gmail.com is our email address so that being said, let's get into the show. So first, before we uh, before we jump in, we always want to let you guys know who we are, just in case this is your uh, first issue with us. So oh, we go along the uh, group of us here and tell you who we are. So we'll start with Alan, because his name falls alphabetically first, unfortunately. Alan! How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. And technically, little piece of trivia, my uh, first name is not Alan. Alan so it's all right, I don't Alan. technically have to go first. But well, that's true. But you go by what? Alan. It's like I if know, I went by... If I Wait. Went, Wait, what? are you telling me you have a secret identity? Yeah, I, I have, I have an alter ego. I've always known you as Alan. I know, not, it's weird. My world is collapsing right <laughs> let's now. Let's not out him on his secret identity. Okay, yeah. Because then we'll have we'll to go back and re-edit all the episodes. And that's my <laughs> job. Oh, man. So, Rearrange reorder it. everything. Yeah. So, witness protection, Alan. <laughs> tell us about who you are. So, my name is Alan, and um, I read a lot of different things. Um, but I really focus on art and art direction uh, and bringing a little bit of philosophy to the comic books. Ooh. My name's Chewy, and I like my comic books bloody and gritty and full of stuff that makes you say, oh, man, that was so metal. My name is Ian. I typically read books where people <sighs> prance around in outfits, not typically prancing, mo- mostly running into danger to save people. Uh, it's a form of danger. prancing. It's kind of a form of prancing. It's danger prancing. Um, but I- I'm, I'm pretty open to any sort of <laughs> danger prancing. There's the episode name. Uh, <laughs> right off the bat. This one. is why you guys keep me around. <laughs> because true. I don't That's know anything why. about comics. <laughs> but Danger yeah. prancing. It's true. Um, I also do uh, enjoy most <laughs> comics I read. I read more stuff than just superhero stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I like something about every book that I read. Okay, no more prancing, <laughs> more prancing over there. Prancing. Uh, my name's Ryan. Uh, I like uh, kind of weird comics books, underground stuff, and stuff that's a little out of the mainstream. I like comics as art. Comics as literature. You know, comics for kids and science fiction and things that tell good stories and stuff. Cool. So that's all of us. Now let me kind of break down how the show now works. Now let's hear about you, listener. Uh-huh. Shh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, now you can go on. Mm-hmm. 
No, they're not. They're not. They're Alan's talking. not interested in anything. About You're you. done talking. <laughs> now. Stop talking. I'm letting them talk. I'm letting them get a thought out before I interrupt them with like unnecessary noise. I'm letting them know I'm listening. I'm actively listening. You guys can't Alan. see this, but Alan is nodding and smiling and raising his go. eyebrows with concern. He's he's actively listening. There we go. True. Anyway, so let's talk about the show. Enough jokes. Back to work. <laughs> um, no so, jokes. This is a no fun zone. It's exactly. already a two and a half hour podcast. What's another five minutes of jokes? It's true. So <laughs> finally, um, <laughs> someone sees it. By the way, so uh, there are four different segments to our show, as there are four of us, uh, and we'll go through those uh, presently. So the first section of the show is called "Here's My Issue," where each of us bring a comic book that we've chosen for the rest of us to read. Or we uh, read it, talk about it, give our thoughts, opinions, um, critiques. Um, part two of our show is called First Prints," where, where we read a, a specific type of comic, a, uh, a, a group of comics, a graphic novel, something that's a staple or sometimes new kind of stuff that we see being in the future and being an important staple of comics. So uh, we read those and talk about them. Uh, part number three we have is the four-color character compendium uh, where we focus on a comic book character, a hero, a villain, a creator, uh, artist, writer, any sort of stuff, anything that's really important to the world of comics uh, as we go. And uh, part number four as well is the back matter, uh, which is how we go out of the show. And it is basic general comic book chat. We usually end up talking about movies, new comics coming out, just general comic books chatter, like the letters page at the back of your comic book. So without any further ado, uh, as I said the last few times, and I will continue, players are named, the board is set, and we will begin. Uh, so first part is here's my issue. So... Who drew the short straw this week? Who drew the sketch of the wonderful short straw that sits out of our tumbler? <laughs> Don't worry, you wouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I guess drew the uh, figurative <laughs> short straw. That is correct. Not a I literal can't. short straw. That is correct. No. Yeah. So, so Chewy, tell us what book. about that. <laughs> so Chewy, tell Here us what, what book you brought this time for us. So I brought. Animal Man number one from the New 52 uh, continuity or reboot of uh, DC. Um, Animal Man is written by Jeff Lemire, and you may remember that name because we talked about Lemireism before. We did, um, and we read and the Nobody. Read the Nobody, yeah. Um, so continuity, yeah, exactly. <laughs> canon. <laughs> um, Four color canon. There you go. Mm. Um, the art uh, was done by Travel Foreman or Travel Foreman. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, but um, you know. I feel like Travel isn't a name, so I'm gonna it, go with Travel. I'm gonna go with Travel. Yeah, yeah I feel Travel. like if it was Travel, there'd be like an accent somewhere. Tra- mm, not necessarily. I don't know. Travel sounds like a cool name. Well, do you say Pavel or do you say Pavel? I don't know. It depends on who we're talking about. Well, I guess that's true. Huh? Yeah, I mean, if they're like from Croatia, it'd be Pavel. All right. Well, really? anyway, this okay. is what the show would be like if I wasn't here to roam. <laughs> exactly. I just let you guys roam free in the pastures. So, Animal Man. So, Animal Man. It's the story of Buddy Baker. He is Animal Man, or is Animal Man Buddy Baker? Who knows? Oh, um, one and the same. So, tell us a little bit about like, Animal like Man. What's Batman. his ability? Who is this Buddy Baker? His ability, in short, is he has a connection to animals. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Before uh, I read. Animal Man uh, a while ago. I had been interested in it. I was just, you know, I, I would see the covers, you know, of it and be like, yeah, that looks kind of interesting. But Animal Man, who's this Animal Man clown? 
You know, I'm like, his, his name's Animal Man. What's he going to be like? Aquaman, but for land animals? Hey, okay. don't. Grant Morrison would feel Aquaman's very different. Great. Be like, no, Animal and, Man's punk. So, is there a myth By the way, his jacket. Animal, <laughs> that version of Animal Man would still be 50% more useful than Aquaman in any given situation. I'm going to go ahead and ask that you guys not talk bad about Aquaman. I, I love no, Aquaman. No, no, this, is, great. this is me as the noob, <laughs> never having read an Aquaman book and all that stuff. You know, and everyone likes to joke about Aquaman. Of course. But, um, true. You know, so I was like, what's this? But then uh, as I eventually, um, you know, learned a little bit more about, you know, I, I would flip through it and just be like, this looks really interesting. And then I read some other stuff by Lemire. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give us a shot. And I picked it up. And yeah, man, it, it, it's awesome. He connects to, he, he can channel the power of animals through him. So he doesn't summon animals per se. And say like you know like oh come here you know animals he just kind of like <laughs> says like, I will take on the power of a tiger and then he's like got the strength of a tiger or sort of like, like battling boy but Wait, he does he have the eyes of a tiger yeah. what's up the eyes of a tiger okay I don't know right. why my brain went to the Katy Perry song <laughs> first though now I feel bad wow did you really <laughs> yeah Ooh, man anyways sorry man <laughs> I had an argument with my daughter about the name of the Katy Perry song she's like dad it's called eyes of a tiger I'm like no. It isn't. There's another song called that. And she just wouldn't believe me until I played her the other song. And she's like, this isn't the song that I wanted to hear. And I'm like, well, you wanted Eyes of a Tiger. And I, I don't. Uh, okay, sorry. I'm not <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ian's like about to blow my head off. Teaching the there, importance right? of song titles. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's all part of the animal man mystique. Art. No, yeah. it's part of the conversation. I'm just, I, I, just, I just am waiting. <laughs> He's waiting to do. He has things to say. So, I do. Um, Buddy, he's he's you know he's a superhero, I guess, and and they know Buddy Baker is Animal Man. Animal Man is Buddy Baker, um, also an actor, former actor, and animal activist, as he has kind of that special connection with the animal world. And in this book, we kind of take it's a little bit slice of life. It's kind of like what is a day in the life of Buddy Baker like, and when we come into the story. He's not like, oh, man, I'm Animal Man. Everyone bow at me. He's just kind of like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, he, he has, like, you know, real, like, dad things where he's like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, i got to take care of my kids. But he's just kind of like, you know, he's a little hesitant. He's not your typical, like, get in there and start punching things superhero. So with that, the stage is set. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it before I kind of go off on it. Ian, you've been waiting patiently while we all make jokes. So let's talk about the first part of this issue. Let's talk about the cover. Yeah, the cover? You want to talk about let's the cover? Let's talk about first? the cover. I judged this book by the cover so hard, and so, then I turned the first page and was like, what? So Ryan, did you? Not, so what you're telling me, Ryan, is that you did not like the cover. I, I was like, oh, this looks like a chewy book. Like, it does super look like metal, a chewy book. Like lots of blood everywhere. It, it does. And, like exposed body parts. It does. However, I exposed body parts. I think he means what appear to be veins and right, arteries. yeah, like hearts yes. and stuff. And yeah, like, and there's yeah. nothing wrong Thank with the true. Animal Man costume, but I wish he looked like this all the time with like the tattoos on his chest. Oh, like when yeah. you tell when you tell me there's a guy called Animal Man, you're like, okay, what's he look like? Does he have like like, like tiger stripes or this? He's no, he just wears a. this big A costume. Yeah. And then I see this, and I'm just like, this intrigues me. I'm like, what is this? I remember seeing the cover of this issue and always thinking like. I'm gonna get around to that. Yeah, yeah. that see, looks kind of interesting. See, <laughs> I knew, I knew looking at it. So this is my first foray into Animal Man in any in any context. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know about Animal Man from when the Fifty Two first, uh, the new Fifty Two first launched, and all the other podcasts I was listening to were talking about. Oh, there's Animal Man, and they're doing really well, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I know kind of where it goes, but 
seeing this cover, and I'm like, uh, I have no idea what to expect. That being said, I kind of like looking at this. I can tell that it's ominous in some way. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of got that. Um, uh, I, I don't know what tragic hero look to it already. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's really like broody. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very broody, but it, it has this sort of like. If if Animal Man is supposed to be a superhero, right? Um, then this cover pretty obviously displays something happening to him that's yeah. not good, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I, I, it it seems like foreshadowing. So it kind of drew me in in that sense, right? Um, but I, I didn't know what to make of it right away, and to be honest, without reading the second issue, I still don't. But we're going to talk about that. So let's jump into page one then. Yeah, oh, I man. actually really page, like. How I, this I, book I want to talk about page one. Yeah, talk about a left turn after that cover. <laughs> yeah, like, I really like how this book. <laughs> I was so excited. I, I was like, coming. hey, it's like a page of the Believer, and then it's like, oh, it, it's actually like a page from the Believer, which is an actual <laughs> literary magazine, and it looks typically like this, and. And then it's funny because the interview is conducted by Jeff Lemire. It's like, oh, yeah, which is yeah. That kind of a kind of gra- meta. That's a little bit of a nod back to the the Morrison days, where there was an issue where Buddy Baker mm. meets Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like that's probably that on really purpose meta. because because he, this was always sort of the the meta DC comic in the same way that that you Deadpool guys, was sort of the meta Marvel <laughs> one. That makes sense. You guys will see. Ian might already know. Don't spoil it if if you do already know. But it gets even more meta than the nod back to Grant Morrison at some point in this run. So oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll, well, that doesn't happen in this issue. No, 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 no. Well, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll mention something and I'll, I'll see if you guys yeah. can jump on that. But we'll talk about that later. Let's. But yeah, it's it's cool for me. It was awesome because you know I opened it. I was like, oh, it's like a full on you know page where they're conducting an interview with him as Buddy Baker. You know, what mm-hmm. have you been up to? You know, what do you think you're going to do with your career now right. and all that. Yeah. Sort of stuff. So it's funny, the description of the movie that they're making sounds a lot like um, the movie that came out a few years ago, directed by Darren Aronofsky, instead of what, are the, what is the name of the fake director? They have a oh, yeah. Ryan Aronofsky. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It sounded like yep. that movie, The Wrestler, with. Uh, yep. 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 Right. Yeah. And, and so, like, it tells you he used to be, he was a stuntman at one point. Now mm-hmm. he's an actor. He was also a superhero. Yeah, it's a good background mm-hmm. of the character, really yeah. quickly. It's a, honestly, it gave me a little bit of a breakdown. I'm like, oh, what, what is happening right yeah. now? So it's a left turn because the front one, the front cover's all brooding and it's got these, like, weird vein looking <clears> things. And then it's like, oh, so here's this really nice guy who's had yeah. a, you know, long storied past. He's got a family and he doesn't really want it. He doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. He's sometimes a superhero. Mm-hmm. That threw me off. Oh, like, yeah. How do you sometimes be yeah. a superhero? This is make any sense to me because i mean like especially batman would do especially (laughs) exactly everyone else in dc you know you have batman you have superman you have you know these people that cannot turn it off they are who they are you know so i thought that was pretty interesting um let's talk about the art (coughs) what do you guys think of the art i I really liked it especially the um the the slice of life stuff at the beginning all the stuff like in his kitchen in san diego with his kids and stuff like that i thought it was nicely dynamic when it could have been very just talking headsy like not you know 12 panels on a page little squares of heads talking and stuff but it it was it was sort of fun and dynamic i really like the use of white space also yeah it's got a lot of white space Mm -hmm. and i it has a very european feel to it yeah it does with the pastel colors and the pastel colors the really thin lines the Mm -hmm. um like expressions are very like overly done in the in the eyes but like all the lines are like really simple and small mm-hmm. um like they push it a little bit more cartoony than than figurative but it but it works still so yeah I, so it, i guess with it being kind of european and feel we could figure out that his name is probably travel <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> um 
I think that it, I think it's really interesting. Art it rides that line um, between like David Aja, for example, uh-huh. and and the more like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like stylized, popular, and, yeah, stylized, and more like Photoshoppy. Yeah, I mean, we use the word Photoshop. We should really come up with a different word, but that's I know, like something. I feel like glossy is a good term. It looks really good. shiny and sure. glossy. It doesn't look shiny. It's matte. So it has well, not like this. Yeah, this yeah. right. It has, has a nice mix of the two. It has the right framing for like those Photoshoppy glossy like mm-hmm. fo- comic books, but it has all the colors and the lines of like a Aja esque European. Uh, when you say it, it reminds uh, me a lot of uh, well, Jamie McKelvey's art. Sorry, I don't sure. want to okay, kinda, when you say Aja, Aja S, Aja is an artist. Yes, yeah. uh, okay. Hawkeye is is what you probably know him from mostly okay, now. The, the current Hawkeye, yeah, the current yeah. Hawkeye, yeah. Hawkeye, Hawkeye. fraction that okay, we read. Cool. Yeah. In the show. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. not my fault. I was going to say, similar to David Aja, it reminds me a lot of uh, Jamie McKelvey's art. If you guys remember from uh, Singles Club, Phonograms. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah. that. It, it seems like a similar sort of style in that it's very simple lines. I, think, I feel like, like that, that uh, Phonograms Club had a, a still bolder lines. It, mm. Yeah, it was, it was darker. This is a lot thinner, I guess, lighter. It is very, th- like, I look at these lines. Okay, so here's a really cool, so look at, um, what page is this? I I, um, I really loved the art in this 10, book. Mm-hmm. The one I thing too. I do want to say is, as you read further in this run, if you choose to do so, um, there are some changes in the artistic uh, team. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Lemire is still on it, but then there are some. I, I think it's like around issue eight. Um, there's a shift, and there's someone else does pencils, and then there's some inks, and then they start splitting the book up a little bit, and oh, like okay. certain pages are drawn by Lemire, certain uh, pages by someone else. There, there's a lot of just kind of like... Do they do it pop- sort of thematically? Um, Where it's like, oh, one's, like one plot is <coughs> drawn by one, car- one artist? That's a, that's a good question. Um, there are two issues in particular mm-hmm. that I've come across so far, and I've read the first uh, 22 Oh, well, this. Okay. Um, yeah, after I read this first one, I just kind of went on a tirade mm, reading yeah, the rest of them. No kidding. But um, there are two issues in particular that are drawn by a completely different artist um, for that purpose. The other stuff, uh, I mean, I guess they kind of start sub arcs uh-huh, and doing right. sub arcs. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it was just with scheduling or whatever, but they did a really good job at picking artists that put their own influence in there. And even when they just had mm. someone else ink, yeah. you know, but the pencils were the same, they did a really good job at, at making it. So um, they kind of fit into the style that had already been established while still putting their own fingerprint on it. So yeah. this is, this is what I'm talking about right here. Like uh, I forget what, I don't know what page this is like 12 or 13, <laughs> but it's like the, the black and white page. Mm-hmm. So like the dream sequence that oh, he's having yeah, yeah. like this compared to the colored pages, I think it's page 15. It feels fuller. Even though it's just black, white, gray, yeah. it feels like a much more full, like detailed work than mm. like the other ones. Because I feel like the the color you're able to can convey lighting and, and mm-hmm. like muscle tone, but like with just black, white, gray, they really get those like yeah, intricacies in there. And there's a big just difference. Covered in little stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just tiny little details that you don't get in all the other colored pages, which mere, I just thought was really cool. Mere pages away of what the, of the one full full one splash page that absolutely defines this as a Chewy book. There are moments oh, yeah. in here that are Chewy book-esque, like Animal Man bleeds from his eyes, <laughs> yeah. blood. True, true. But when there are giant meat creatures right. with animal faces, which I've read more of this, 
they are like literally when they color them in, they are giant flesh monsters. They are na- like they're stuff that Alan, you will vomit. You will lose your lunch again, yeah. as you keep saying. Oh. We are um, flesh meat sickness. It is. Yeah. It's so good. The raw and That's what pretty metal. What I love the most about this, and this <laughs> is this is what 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 snared me in, is mm-hmm. when they mentioned that they're in the red. So mm-hmm. if you're a fan of Swamp Thing, yeah. Swamp oh, Thing yeah. is part of the green, yeah. which is for plant life. Mm-hmm. The red is for. Uh, uh, or, uh, organisms like us. Yeah, DC. Yeah. DC so, likes to have like a V something. There's the. There's also like the bleed and so the speed force. Oh yeah. I, I will just ask you this, and I won't spoiling too much. Yeah. But if the rot it says here is in the red, what's to keep it from going into the green? What's to keep it from going into all the people? So this who are part of the red. That's a hint as to where this book goes, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but in a good way. It's really great. Can it's we talk really about great. just one more thing? Uh, why does the sun have a mullet? Because the ants are cool. <laughs> Haven't you been to San Diego? The answer. What? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, they address that later on, and I mean, it's not really like a big revelation moment or anything. Does this actually take place in like 1992? No. Uh, they, I think someone says like, "Hey, whatever. Like, why do you have a mullet, anyways, or something like that?" And he's like, "Mullets are cool." <laughs> there you go. There you go. I had a friend in college who had a mullet, and yeah. everybody's like, "Hey, mullet!" It, you know, it's like his calling. <laughs> um, so let <laughs> me ask fun. you guys. This sure. Did you have a moment where the book hooked you and and brought you in? Because for me, there was a particular moment where it turned, where I was reading it. I'm like, okay, I'm reading it. Then there was that hook where I'm like, ooh, I want to see where this goes. And then there was the turn moment where I'm like, oh, I'm in. For me, it was the black and white sequences. That's okay. where that's where I really <coughs> got into into the book. I mean, like I was I was with it. But I'm like, okay, this is cool, it's cool. And the eye bleed, and they're like, oh, this is interesting. But yeah, the set the, when they put him in that in that scene, and it totally shifts the change of the, the change in the book really shifts, and it goes to I'm like, because I'm like, okay, I'm liking this book so far, but I don't see the chewy. Oh, here it is. Like then that's <laughs> the part I'm like, okay. And the way they did it is it's creepy, and it's it's yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Because I want to go last. Um, I really liked. Uh, I was thinking I really like the hospital sequence like the part where he's like the guy just shot at him and he's like you know shoot what what animal should I chance not a fish not a bird uh, and like I, I thought that was part was was kind of humorous but at the same time really suspenseful mm-hmm. yeah. and the part right after that where he socks the guy in the face with the power of a rhinoceros or whatever uh-huh. and then like goes and like puts his hand on the shoulder and the guy's like I'm sorry he's like no it's okay like you're going through a tough yeah. time. This yeah. isn't the right way to deal with it. Like, I th- like it seemed like he seemed very human the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Like not like I am, you know, from another planet or I yeah, am yeah. justice, but he's like, I'm, you know, just this dude from San Diego. And, and, you know, I like animals. I, I really liked how in this issue, you know, in terms of a, a bad guy, a villain, it's not like, a, Oh no, here's animal man's greatest foe. And yeah. he's here no. to destroy the world. Right. It's a dude who did. Did he lose his daughter? Is, is yeah, that yeah, that's what we're supposed to understand. Um, yeah, he lost his daughter in a medical procedure, or or they, the doctors couldn't save her. Or something she had like cancer. That. So he, um, you know, he's kind of he snatched. He's John Qing it up a little bit. He's like, you know, he's like, I've, I've you better give me answers you gotta help her. He's still kind of he's he's lost it from yeah. losing his daughter, and so Buddy understands. Yeah. He's so, not he's not a villain, he's not a bad guy, you know. But to, yeah. the, to answer you your mentioned question. you wanted to go last. Yeah, so and that's be, that's because the answer my answer to your question is no. To be honest. Oh. So um not that I think this book is bad by any means. I mean, I love the uh, the art is really interesting and, and stuff like that. There was just I don't I have no idea what was going on. I mean there's a lot of like cool hints confusing. and there's a lot of stuff yeah. that like there may be a, a, a follow up to um, there will be a follow up to and um, I'm sure, you know, there's something there. But 
as far as was there a single instance in this book that like like grabbed me mm-hmm. not really um i don't know i guess maybe because there was nothing here that i resonate with yeah, particularly yeah. like for you yeah the the bleeding eyes is really cool and like you having the the knowledge about the rot thing is really cool um but like i don't know it's just it looks cool and all but there was nothing that like really sunk me into it so when i was done reading mm-hmm. this i'm like well that was neat yeah. okay. <laughs> but that's I, just me yeah uh, for for me, I my thing was in uh, on page seven uh, where you kind of see him flying through the air, and this is the moment where I had uh, like I was like, okay, is this gonna be like I summon fish to help me? I summon, <laughs> I summon the he he kind of has this like a little bit of a gooby look on his face. He's, he's just gooby. like, I'm flying through the air, everything's so good, and he has all these little um, he has these little inner monologues going on. And it's all, you know, poetic about it. He's like, you know, I mean, what do I want to do with my life? He's, he's very, like... Introspective. Airy, yeah. introspective, and stuff like that. And then it, at the end, it's just like, um, you know, the, I, I, I don't know if I should be Animal Man. He says, oh, hell, maybe I'm thinking about this too much. Next page, the first caption, maybe I just need to punch someone. <laughs> and that's when he gets to the hospital. And that's where I'm like, okay, cool. They, they got me with that. And then, yeah, the I the bleeding eyes uh, were the ones that kind of, you know, I was just like, whoa, man, what's going on? But I, I don't know why. I don't know how to describe it. And yes, the black and white scene and like yeah. the capillaries and the blood mm-hmm. and all that stuff, that was all super cool to look at. But my favorite panel is probably at the top of page 13, the first panel, where he's getting checked out by the doctors. I don't know why, just the way they draw him, the way he's sitting there like it's looking. The, it's the expression of like, I'm fine. It's like he has that, but you could tell that behind it, he's just like, am I? Like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know I what's going on. What just know? happened. It just, it seems very real. Yeah. You that was know, good. At that, that, that For sure. Sure. So Chewy, where could one acquire this book? Well, you could get this book. You could try to find it at a comic book shop, but it, it is—it's um, <laughs> a little bit tough to find just because it's a number one, and um, that series actually recently ended. Yeah, twenty-nine issues, folks. <clears throat> you can find uh, the trade for it or trades for it, the collection uh, of it, pretty easy at any comic book store. You can find it like at a Barnes and Noble or something like that. But your best bet to get it easily if you want to read it by issue, it's probably going to be uh, digitally. So something like Comixology or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if the you DC like to have um, or, or the DC app, um, if you like to have a physical copy, though, get that trade going. Yeah. And, and they actually have the trades available digitally, too. I actually bought the first trade. It forced me to continue to read past issue one, which it, it, it almost told me, okay, he Chewie convinced me so hard on this book that I should read past issue one that I bought the trade. Yeah. So no, I, I had no choice but to say, okay, well, I paid the money for this. I got to keep reading. You, you don't know invested. how much it was, too. Yeah. It was um, somewhere in the neighborhood, of, I think, about 11 12 bucks. It's just almost the so same normal. as, you, as, as yeah. you get for a regular trade. Okay. We'll say this. None of us mentioned it, but the last panel Oh, my gosh. Is, With the little it, yeah. girl. Daddy, I wanted to pet. Okay, yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah. His, his daughter is playing with a bunch of uh, half-decomposed or Reanimated, skeleton, reanimated zombie animals. animals. Yeah. yeah, and then she just says, I wanted a pet of my own. And yeah. that's how so it ends. So clearly she has something else going on. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say definitely read it. It's um, a very enjoyable read. And it goes to weird, awesome places. It really does. Only Jeff Lemire could take you to. 
Perfect. All right. Well, moving away from the world of the DC Universe and Animal Man and into the book I brought this time. Uh, it's an image book, uh, and it's titled Black Science. Uh, Rick Remender, Matteo Scalera, Dean White are who are credited with the book. Uh, actually, it looks like, uh, yeah. So um, it is kind of an interesting book. I'll be honest with you guys. I've only read the first issue of this, and I want to read more. Funds are a little tight, so I and I want to support my my comic creator. So I haven't had a chance to read more. But this first issue was like just grabbed me so much that I'm like I want to bring this, and I love the uh, I love a lot of things about this. Um, Ian, uh, but, um, Ian, I dare you to explain what this book is about. <laughs> sure. Okay. So this book is uh, the one thing that I will say. The book starts. Explain. <laughs> the book. The book starts. I'll, I'll give you two words that explain this book. Quantum leap. That's exactly what I'll explains this book. If I had to, if I had to say it in two words, it would be that. It is people jumping from different realities and different dimensions. Wouldn't that be more like sliders? Sure, but you're I'll not. Sliders but I don't was want, like quantum leap. Yeah, yeah but quantum leap. He deal. took the place of somebody else. Sure, sliders okay. is they just. Insert if you're gonna themselves. tip for tap me on it, Alan. Sure, you're right. There is <laughs> quantum leap. I'm trying two to get words. the listeners a good idea. You know what? You're gonna all. read Batman next time. <laughs> two words. <laughs> Black science. That's true, <laughs> um, but no, it's I like I, I I like that this book. I like this book for a number of reasons. It. it just it drew me in right away, and and honestly, it's because of that reason. They don't explain a lot right. of stuff. It's just go. So um, it is about these uh, explorers. They look to be like some sort of space explorers. You're not. They're not really. They don't really give a lot of backstory. They're running through a jungle with all these strange creatures and uh, trying to get back to a group of people so they don't get killed and get stuck where they're at. So. That's the basic premise of it. Um, but I want to hear what you guys think about the book. What do you guys have to say? Uh, I'm a huge fan of this book. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I actually read this like a while ago, mm-hmm. and I've read a couple of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I first got into it, there was only like one and two out. So uh-huh. I've read one more than you have. That's true. Uh, but <laughs> but the, this is, it's funny. Two of these books this week had like hardcore dad moments. That's true. Uh, yeah. The Animal Man book oh, did. Geez. And then this one too. Um, but oh man, this book is, it's, this is the kind of thing that I want in a comic book where it just drops you in and it's crazy town and you have no idea what's going on and it looks rad and what the heck. And, so and that's, that's what I loved about it. So normally and, we talk about exposition yeah. with, with a new book. This book has no exposition. I disagree. I disagree as well. The entire internal monologue when he's running through the jungle is him sort of justifying to himself it, it, something. I think context and exposition are two different things. Though. Okay, to a certain extent. Because not 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 to not to nitpick too hard, but I, I feel like exposition, in my opinion, is more like uh, exposition. In my, is like this is so and so town. I'm so and so. Okay, and this fair is, enough. You know, this is how this works. Where I, I would refer to this as a, a term. I'm just going to make up now. Inquisitive exposition. It gives you little pieces, but it makes you curious for more, hungry for more. This like, seems like the kind of th- like the the stuff that he's doing in his internal monologue seems like the kind of thing that in like six issues or something you'll want to come back and revisit because you'll be like uh, that like this is his motivation for all the things that right. have happened that we don't understand and he, that will happen that we don't understand. Here's how I but, took it as I was reading it. I was, mm-hmm. I'm getting what you're saying and, and he's like, you know, kind of giving you a little bit of context, a little bit of backstory, time of exposition as, as, as he goes kind of just internally. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect it to be one of those moments where it's like page one, two, three hard cut six hours earlier. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just, it never it came. Doesn't. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? But, Go what? No, <laughs> I figured it out. I think you know what it does. Huh. It gives you character exposition. You know who this guy is. Mm. Yes, 
by the that's time really this book is point. done. That's you true. really know the kind of guy he is, the kind of things that he's willing to do. You know who you're going to spend your time with. Listening to yeah. you guys talk about this, I kind of almost take it like in, in those movies where, you know, someone kind of swoops in at the last minute to save someone else. They're like, well, who, who are you? What are, what's going on? And it's like, right. don't worry about it. Not now. And they're just kind of taking you along mm-hmm. for the ride. And as they're going, you're like, wait, how, what's going on? It's like, the world's ending. You know, and then, <laughs> and then they keep running. And it's like, they're giving you what you need to know at that moment to get you to the next step or to get you out alive or whatever it is. But still, that but, moment never comes. Well, I mean, like, not in this book. just in, in his mind or whatever. I kind of took it as, I guess, no, because some he would form be the person. Dynamic exposition or something like that. He would be the person that the other guy comes, swoops in and saves, but the other guy never comes. Yeah. He just, he's the guy who's in way in over his head. I'm going to stick with character exposition. I think no, I think, I think that's an excellent point. <laughs> but he's the guy that's in way over his head. Yeah. And it just keeps getting worse mm-hmm. until mm. he somehow he gets to the, the end but lady. i mean fish stripper yeah but what i liked about this too is it's also in a strange way i don't know you I might, I might get a little huh for from you alan but it's strangely self-contained it's it you could literally read this issue no, and read actually, no further and be fine um which i like it's a complete story yes um you don't see the beginning of it but you're right in the middle of the action like we we're talking about which mm-hmm. i which is why i picked it but i'm curious alan moving forward what do you think about the art oh Ooh. my god oh my <laughs> god the art oh <laughs> well, right, yes, I, I just, almost said some filth and foul. <laughs> uh, so you don't God, like it? There are so many things that I can't say on this G-rated po- PG. Did you podcast. enjoy the art? Is the question. Yes, I highly, highly enjoyed the art in this book. It is fantastic. It has a style that is completely distinctive and reminiscent of a lot of different. Um, I don't want to call it modern art, but modern movement art. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, 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 facial expression and, and um, uh, color and tone and um, di- uh, dynamic uh, uh, movement. Um, you want to talk about some usage of white? Check out this panel right here. What is this panel or uh, page one, two, three, four, five, six, nine uh, with the two eel monsters and he's tracking them down. Um, there's some nice like... So earlier we talked about... Uh, remember we read Bleach and we, mm-hmm. um, Chewie talked about seeing things happen and then like missing the middle part. Yeah, yeah. You this the is and the end. this is kind of like that. Um, you kind of get little glimpses. So these boxes that have a big white border, a lot mm-hmm. of a big gutter around them, are like encapsulated instances of time. Yeah. And then it's a bigger panel that shows you what happens after that. And then two more little panels that are just little snapshots in time. So you're getting this like. Uh, okay, I'll just throw it out there. It's kind of like Edgar Wright when he does mm. like the, the oh, snapshots, the quick cuts. Uh-huh. The quick cuts. Nice. It's like that. He's the director of Shaun of the Dead and and Scott Hot Pilgrim Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim. Um, oh, yeah. So he does these really quick cuts, and that's kind of what like this is. It's just like instances of time, instances of time, instances of time, and big white gutters. So your brain is supposed to fill in kind of what's happened in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coloring in this book, my God, the coloring! How long did this take? Oh, I mean, man. like. Is, is this a recurring book? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, is mon- it has to be monthly. It's monthly. It's monthly. Okay. Yeah. God, it's like there's no other way. Dean White did the color. It says color art Dean White. Dean yeah. White, you well are done. God amongst colors. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, is there any, for anybody, any any panels or pages in particular that stuck out? That are oh, like man. Yes. Really Absolutely. Like the black science splash with the Great. turtles and the purple that. lightning. Oh, yes. Okay. Remember, I, I, remember, 
Six gun gorilla. Yeah, I was just yeah. saying. Anytime yeah. there's giant turtles, <laughs> turtles are so good. I also or love. Tortoises. I love that one page where he pops up out of the water and sees. I don't know if it's. I'm not. I still am not sure if it's an actual giant toad or if it's a statue of a giant. Oh, it's toad. a statue. But that is that 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 is just that little uh, like yeah, that little bit right there just screams like every Zelda player's. All right. Have yes. You guys ready? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this art in context yes. because I've started following a new Tumblr and it's called 70s Science Fiction Art. It's absolutely. And that. there you go. Totally what this yes. is. This yes. is very very oh, like yeah. early heavy metal or mm-hmm. even metal herlant the metal? The, the french <laughs> uh, the french heavy metal with like mobius and, and yes. those guys this is very much that kind of style that oh, frank sure. frazetta frazetta Azrak. yes yeah, yes it's, it's, it's exactly the name i was looking for absolutely yeah. oh man it's it's gorgeous like, i, love, I this, love the way this book looks <laughs> my my favorite panel right now is the one with the uh, the eel writers like this one over uh-huh, here uh-huh. it's just like when you look at that oh, it's yeah, so beautiful and it's so dynamic and it's like Oh, it's, I don't know. It blew me away. Gleet. The, a- the yeah, action in the art is fantastic. looks amazing. I, can't, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I just have to chime in so people don't think that I'm sitting on the, the other side of the fence on it, but there's nothing I could say that you guys haven't said so much better. But um, <laughs> as far as like a favorite panel, I kind of like where he walks into that room full of the electric frogs. Yeah, I'm, I'm just all like, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> so... We have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the fact that his wife dies. Yeah, and really, very really quickly, brutally, brutally yeah. too. In the first five pages, the way and oh, the way man. they describe it too is, yeah, is, that, is that, fantastic. That awesome. the, the internal monologue yeah, is, is like great. her face is gone. It was what did she say exactly? A mist I have of it. Red. Her face disappears. A mist of red, frozen in time. It's like, oh man, that is the most intense way yeah. to describe it. And you could see it. She gets her see face the glass. blown off. Yeah, it, it's it is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I also, and that's what I was going to say, speaking of kind of like action scenes, I love the way the art, the action in this book is. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so action packed. Like every oh, yeah. single page is like, boom, 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 you boom. You don't get a chance to breathe no, at all. No, you don't. It's, it is a, it is a nonstop, if I may use movie terms, is a nonstop edge of your seat throw ride from beginning. Well, I mean, <laughs> when, the ultimate rush. In, that, in that one panel, uh, he says, you know, he's like, I've got something, something, I've got 10 minutes to get this there. Otherwise, like the whole world's going to explode or like the pinner, the pillar's yep. going to explode. But that's when you know, okay, the rest of this book is just boom, 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 yeah. boom. You know, they're, they're going to do 10 minutes in this this many pages. So they know? have an interdimensional hopping machine yeah. mm-hmm. that's broken. That's, that's broken. broken. Somebody broke it. And yep. they cool it with water. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like technology that high up shouldn't be cooled by normal of, fresh water. I sort water. of got the feeling that fresh water was the best substitute that they've got. Sort right of like now. when you put car or uh, water, water in the radiator, in the radiator just to get it of, done. Yeah, that makes sense. It's true. So can I talk about can I talk about a, the big character moment in this yes. book? Yes, Let's do it. it's not really a moment. It's a it's a it's a it's a tonal shift because at the very beginning he's he's talking you know he's talking to his wife. He's like, we have to do this. We're just gonna you know it's it's a walk in the park. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get back. It's not a big deal. Um, but and so. At that time, he's he's sort of the the way he has been all the way you know in the past up to this point. You know, he's sort of you know he's talking about how he's an anarchist and and that's the only way that anybody's gonna get anything done and blah 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 and you know and and then but like as he's going on, he's he's going through all this action. He's fighting things. He cuts off a you know one of the electric frogs' heads and yeah. uses his electric tongue as a whip to kill some of the other frogs. And it's 
crazy. Yeah. And at the same time, and he saves the, the fish girl, even though the fish people just killed his wife because he realizes this person is basically a slave and stuff like that. Um, and so he's like, like he's not in my universe. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's like going through this, this change. He's like dealing with his wife's death and, and trying to save his you know family and his friends and keep this thing from exploding in 10 minutes. But he, he goes through this change in this time where he realizes like, you know what, I've made mistakes and it's time for me to stop making mistakes. And you can yeah. tell yeah. at the end where they're, where they ask about, Oh, where's Jen? And like, Oh, we're going to have to go back for it. And he's like, no, I got to be honest with you guys. Kids, mom's dead. It seems like the, the guy from the beginning of this book would not have done that. No, I and it seems, and, and I think that the story is really well written. Remender takes us through his, this short little journey, this less, you know, this 10 minute journey. And you realize like, yeah, he's, he's, it's really cool the way you realize he comes to conclusions and a character shifts that far in, yeah. you know, 20 something pages. Well, I mean, there's some symbolism to that with mm. him catch being a changed man by the end of this book yeah. where he goes into the water. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes into the water and he kind of comes out after all that time in that big gasp. And you can say it's grasping at straws or whatever. It's almost like a baptism of sorts. No, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, a wow. changed yeah. man, you know, and because after that, that's where he enters, like, you know, the palace and he mm. saves the fish stripper. And, 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 well, <laughs> and let's, let, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Like, that that's the idea. And that, I think that's the dad moment you might, might have been referring to where it's like where, where he's watching. And he's just like, like, you know, these things killed my wife. Um, but. You know, Jen was Jen was a mom, which is my my my, my wife. Uh, she had daughters. This person, this 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 creature, probably has daughters as well, yeah, like or is a daughter, or somebody's yeah. daughter, is somebody's wife, is somebody. It, 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 I think is that the dad moment you're referring to, like the, kind of. I mean, it's just sort of the the whole sort of change yeah. thing. I, yeah. I just like the I just like the yeah. There's that that there's that feeling of understanding. Like, listen, I'm an outsider here. They they're just doing what they they don't understand. Right. Like he's not like I'm gonna kill them all. No, kill the women and the children. No. Yeah, he's yeah. not Anakin Skywalker. Anymore. No. <laughs> oh. Too soon. Right, right there. It's never too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Even right before he breaks the surface. Sorry to keep. But right before he breaks the surface of the water, he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I can't lose faith now. There's still time to turn this around. And he's talking about saving people and still being able to get the mission done. And yeah. then it says, I won't fail them, Sarah. I won't lo- fail our. Ch- I won't lose our children. Not after Sarah, everything else so I've cost you. And that's when he kind of comes up but that little panel where he's swimming through that tunnel to come out you know like can't lose faith now still time turn this around yeah you know what that could be saying you know the mission or himself his that's, life his, that's really his good i really like that mind. that was right. really good yeah so overall let me ask you guys this two questions a what did you think of the book and would you read another issue yes obviously ryan i have already absolutely alan i love this book i don't know if i have the, emo- the emotional <laughs> fortitude to read a second issue <laughs> Can I can I give you guys because I've read so Rick Remender has written a lot of books. If you read the uh, afterward, he, he's talked so about fantastic. He's written a ton of stuff. Uh, he G- give us a little taste there for one of one of my favorites that he's written was this really long story called Fear Agent, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. which started very similar to this, and it took oh, like yeah, it twenty issues before you got this character's backstory at all, and then it went like really deep into the backstory, and and it made all the stuff at the beginning make a lot more sense. All of his motivation and everything existed. You just didn't know it. And you found out about how, who this guy is now. And then you learn about who he was then. And, and, and there's like a, there's a lot of sort of emotion and, and stuff. And it was still like a guy in a spacesuit flying around blowing up monsters kind of book. And so I, I feel like this is Sarah shares a lot of DNA with that book a lot. Um, but at the same time is totally, totally different. 
I, I really, before we kind of go out on this or whatever, I, I love the, the shift at the end before, you know, we get the last, like, oh, no, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they try to teleport or jump or whatever you want to call it. And obviously you see it didn't go as planned. But then, you know, it looks like they're in, you know, trenches for like uh-huh. a war. <laughs> and the way they have everyone costumed, it looks it looked to me like, oh, they're like in World War Two or something like that. Did they Whoa. just go back in time? Because that's the way it kind of looked for a second. And I, w- I was thinking, okay, if they're jumping around, maybe they jump to a different time or something like that. And, um, you know, even in the trenches, you don't see much. It, nothing looks all that out of the ordinary until that last page. And it kind of looks like if... World War One were like happening on a distant planet in another universe somewhere. <laughs> kind because of Firefly esque. They still have like the World War One and Two style helmets. Yeah, and the bayonets uh, even. Yeah, they yeah. have the bayonets and stuff like that. But they're spaceships. It's almost like how Six Gun was kind of like a yeah. Civil War, yeah, like oh, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. But then they have all these. Ugh, you know, so what, you know what it is. What it's uh, it's World War One Europe versus the. Uh, Protoss from StarCraft? No, it's it's oh. basically the Mayans. As if the Mayans and the aliens got oh, together. Oh man. Because oh. if you look if you look at the, the second yeah, panel yeah. of the splash page, you see that guy flying. That Mayan looking guy? Yep. Oh, oh my god, man. look at that. Yeah. Go yeah. ancestors. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you guys like the book. Um, uh, it is available. You can find it. Um, probably the easiest way I would say is probably digitally. Um, if you can, um, uh, you can still probably try to find first issues. I don't know if there's a a, a trade of this. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't Not think so yet. yet. But I know there's enough issues for us. I don't think they put it out just yet. But you can check with your retailer, local comic book. You can find I think like second, third prints. Yeah, you can still of find the of the first. You know, mm-hmm. but if you're like trying to collect it and say first yeah. prints, that'll be tough to find. You'll notice the covers they're very distinctive it's literally like one panel of fully covered like a half page of fully covered action and then a white thing that says a white page on the other side that says black science you'll be yeah. like that's gonna draw me in right away yeah, yeah um so moving away from black science and onto another image book um which we have here uh, alan tell us about the book that you brought this time so uh i brought a book which i have not read before well, you've read it now it well i've dark. read it now okay. but before this podcast i didn't read it and i i said that last time the the reason is i like bringing books that i haven't read before so we all kind of get a fresh take on them um east of west written by jonathan hickman and drawn by nick dragoda or dragada uh-huh. i think it's dragada because it's got two t's yep um so it's one of my favorite Dragata, check out this book I was wow gosh um, one of my favorite settings which is like wild westy uh-huh. uh anything wild westy i'll read and um it's kind of like, it, it gives you like, the first couple pages are this sort of, uh, you know, demonic looking, weird, weird, weird foreshadowing uh-huh. um, children being born out of nothing. <laughs> um, and then after that, then you get They're this kind literally of... Literally rising up out of the ground yes. from a circle painted there. Right. Yeah. And what's Looks the very first satanic. Thing they, what's the first thing they do? They're they, like... They like pull their guts out no they, they they play like bones with like bones and eyeballs and oh tires. no they're rolling they're rolling yeah. for fortune telling yeah they're yeah, literally yeah, yeah. just like doing voodoo they're divining the spot, yeah and i'm just like so metal that was really cool but my favorite part was the part after this where they start doing the alternate history lesson oh with yeah. the guy from the alternate civil war and then the uh the alternate the alternate way uh that the native uh native americans i guess in this case became sort of the the <laughs> 
the way the Native Americans edit, uh, mm-hmm. were the uh, uh, endless nation or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the way that these two prophets rose and they died at the same time. Then it goes. Then it goes into the news story. But all the alternate history, I loved that. Oh, so so basically, what we're dealing with is the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Three of them being the kids that were reborn. Mm-hmm. One of them is missing, namely death. Um, okay. So uh, you find out what he is up to, but you still don't really know what he's up to. So what do you guys think? I think there is a white page after the opening that sets the tone for this book with mm-hmm. a single quote, which is, the things that divide us are stronger than the things that unite us. That was That yeah, is the yeah. most bleak statement I have ever <laughs> And if you were to bet me money that if I saw a book called East of West with what appears to be a cowboy firing a gun on the front, the first thing yeah. I would see... You, you, I would have bet a million to one that it would have been, hey, you're going to see three of the ho- four horsemen of the apocalypse kind of being reborn as, as evil children. I would have been like, that sounds ridiculous. I bet yeah. it's a cowboy firing a gun. Um, I really liked it, actually, mm-hmm. Helen. I was, I'm interested to read more. Um, I, it was not what I was expecting at all. Um, I, don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but it I wasn't this. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting robot cowboy western yeah thing. that's kind of what i was yeah. Yeah. that's all i was a expecting bit, just yeah. sort of like oh you know it's cowboys but there's robots and isn't that charming and this was <laughs> not at all what i this got. is an awesome this mix is like of, way more epic and intense this is an awesome mix of uh, uh magic and uh kind of revelation and uh history yeah and it's so much there's technology there's, it's nothing that simple like it's easily there's totally a lot of technology and there's totally cowboys but then there's so many other influences so many other interesting elements being pulled in i love it's the really really cool i love the kill bill-esque way that like they depict um like this the, 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 the central flashback. uh conflict which apparently he's going around tracking down people that killed him previously sort it of. seems like yeah yeah um and so he's tracking down people and like oh, it's you i thought we killed you and he's like you should have tried harder you know and I don't know. I, I love the way that they keep flashing back to this panel, uh, like at the top of, what is this, 13 or so, um, with the this one right here, the blue one. 18. Is it 18? So this blue one where you see too. everybody. Oh, yeah, it was really long. Um, you see everybody, and then it's sort of like, then you're like, okay, so now we kind of have like faces, and you kind of have to match them to what's happening. Yeah, where you have to keep going back to be like, okay, which one was that? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then you get these two other characters, the crow and the wolf, yeah. uh-huh. which are like they look like natives, but they're like all white. So is he, for that matter. I don't understand. Yeah. The, I don't understand the importance I'm of the color. Sure, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I loved when when they go into the bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of would love that. And, and well, here's the thing for me loving blood and guts and all that stuff there's mm-hmm. very little of that in that scene true. i think that's part of why i liked it because you know what's happening without seeing what's happening mm-hmm. um you know he, he walks into he walks up to the bar and he has his two uh companions there with him the, as as alan said the, the native uh looking folks right. um he orders three whiskeys you know and then the <laughs> um the barkeep you know, he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, I don't care, you know, who you are, but we don't serve their kind here. And he says, oh, well, you know, he doesn't drink and she doesn't want whiskey or something like that. I she wouldn't what, drink at a place like this. She wouldn't yeah. drink at a place like this, which is awesome because you just kind of get an idea for who she is mm-hmm. based on that. And he's like, the whiskey's for me. So 
he does the three shots and as he's doing them you see the the you know the focus shifting from him <laughs> drinking his whiskey and just flipping the uh the shot glasses upside down you know just a little tink tink <laughs> and then you just see the uh, bar keeps like horrified face and everything behind them is just red yeah. letters and it's just yeah. like the ah. use of color in this book yes. like it's very, very well specific done. and very very well done um, like it's not like some books where you know oh look out for red because red will mean something or like this is blue and this is red and this is white it's like normal colors until something happens and I, then it's a color splash going back to what you said though about the, the, the coloring on the characters though I think I feel like it especially with the kids it's very indicative oh, um, yeah. you have famine who's green yeah you have con- a conquest with blue it doesn't really make sense but with Ares being war red Mars makes sense. Mm-hmm. Death yeah. being white, like a ske- like a skeleton, kinda, and also kind of yeah. the inverse of what typically people would think death is. And I, when you look at uh, when you but look it at does, the, the the flashback, yeah, he's, he's, he's all black in the flashback. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, okay, it could be also looking at as like a, you know death that brings in a new cycle, so it's like a rebirth. Yeah, uh-huh, that's correct. Yeah. I'm really interested in reading more about this. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I just I love the fact that there's so much backstory, but not like. Not, not so not much to overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the character <laughs> design in in throughout the book, just mm-hmm. the way they do mm-hmm. all the characters. It's so interesting. Um I love that one of the people that killed him is the president. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> He's yes. like, Well, you can go kill the president. Yeah, it's just like, oh hey, the second guy in the entire you would think yeah. that they would save that. Like that would that would be a big deal. Yeah. Oh, by the way, one of the people I'm trying to kill is the president of what would be assumedly a very large portion of the country. If yeah, you look at the map in the I, back. I love that oh, map love at that the map. end because it reminds me of Game of Thrones. That's one of my smile. favorite things about <laughs> this being a Jonathan Hickman book. Because for I those of you who don't know, Jonathan Hickman, besides being an incredible comic book writer, is a, a graphic designer. And so whenever he does his books, they're always very heavily sort of graphicked out. And, and there's lots of design elements. And he likes infographics. And he likes, um, obviously, you know, maps and things yes. like that. Hickman is, an, is another... Um, one of the reasons I'm interested in reading this is he's a long game writer. Yeah, yeah. Like you read this and it's like you can't read the first two. Like you're gonna have to read a whole lot yeah. of story to to fill in all the pieces. Yeah, it's it's, it's you're not kinda finished initial. yet. It kind of frustrates me. I'm like, I want to read all of this, but there's not all of it. It doesn't all exist yet. Right. It's still <laughs> in his brain. Well, I'm pretty sure this one is up to twelve or thirteen at this point. Yeah, that's quite a ways. Mm-hmm. I, I I just love how uh, things like Six Gun and you know <laughs> the, the end of Black Science and this kind of have that. I don't know what you would describe that as anachronistic. I don't know what that is. Anachronistic means um, taking something time, and taking it place. out of time. Yeah, because when you're looking at this, you're like, okay, you're going back to when the stuff was happening, when the Civil yeah. War was happening. And then they kind of take you forward enough to where you're like, okay, was this like 50 years after or mm-hmm. is this like 200 years after? Well, we get a date at it's, some point. It's 2064. 2064. And, and this could happen in our lifetime. 50 later, years from now. Later on, though, that's when we see the... Um, that's where he goes after the president, right? I think so, yeah. No, um, that's when we see the, the kids... The four or the three. Yeah, the three of them right. making their triangles out of dead bodies. <laughs> but uh. see, that's the thing. Where does that happen? Yeah, uh, where does that happen in terms with, of story? Uh, yeah. With death. But... Yeah, man. It's like where you walk into the bar and, and you know, you see what looks like union uh, mm-hmm. uniforms, mm-hmm. but they don't look exactly like union right. uniforms. They look like futuristic uniforms, but they still have, like, 
the union style yeah, with cap, that little weird cap little thing. It, it's almost it's almost like the 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 society never cl- like stylely advanced after the Civil War, like, right? But the technology, but the technology did. But, the technology did, but yeah. their yeah. form it's of like, dress it, stayed the same. It's like you know how people talk, they talk about, and I'm not saying this is what this is, but you know people a lot of times go like steampunk, you know, because it's yeah. like futuristic yeah, sure. but old school. Sure, it, it's like that, and there's this whole thing that happens it's like inverse it, that or something in yeah. books in books like this. But but I feel like there's no name for this type of concept. Concept. I feel like we're gonna have to think about this and come up with a name for this. Futurey stuffish. Yes. Future past. We'll Future up. past. You know what we'll I really like some. is the uh, they don't overthink it with the map. So like the the northeastern part of the country is the Union. The um, southeastern part is the Confederacy. <laughs> and no matter what, there's still this big chunk. It's labeled as number seven on the map. It just says the Republic of Texas. Heck yeah. Because in no <laughs> other future can Texas not be its own thing. Right? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's what Texas wanted, you know? Yeah, so no, I, no, I know. But so. it's, it's just like, it doesn't matter which universe we're talking about. Texas is always going to want to be Texas. <laughs> and uh, PRA for the California, for the West Coast region, am I to assume yeah. that's the... Uh, People's it, Republic People's of Arizona? Oh, I thought I was going to say the People's Republic of America. Oh, okay, it could be that. Probably. <laughs> but cuz that was that the United Nations of America is what yeah. they became mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. when they signed the treaty. <coughs> yeah, and then number 3 which is the very small part looks like Louisiana um ish and it says the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. wondering if that's like the you know how it's like the Bible Belt. Yeah. I wonder if they yeah. kind of that's like the religious part. That or you know, the and they called it like the kingdom and stuff like that. Huh? You know? well, yeah, there's a lot like of French, French influence, influence in that area. Too. Oh yeah, it's possible also. But also, maybe pro- it's probably the best sounding area though. The endless nation, not the burning plane. Uh, no, uh, dude, not the, the burning plane. The, the endless, endless nation. I agree with you. So epic. So dude. cool. It sounds like so like spiritual. Like. Imagine if in in history all of the all of the Native Americans got together. You know what? They're screwing us over. We <laughs> yeah. gotta like get together on <laughs> this, you guys. Th- this map builds the world for you, like oh, yeah, playing out just with names. You know, I mean, you can already put together in your brain what's going on. And that's one of the reasons these places. That's one of the reasons I really really like this book is mm-hmm. because the exposition is not need to know; it's want to know. Yeah, yeah. I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. not like oh, I gotta read this True. another block of text. Yeah, dude, I, that's rad. Yeah, this is a great book. I love this. So, Alan, where can people find this book? It's still ongoing. Like I said, I think it's issue 12 or 13, if I recall correctly. I could be wrong. Um, so, yeah, digitally in brick and mortar, take your pick. It doesn't really matter. There's it's, trades of it, right? I believe there's at least one. Yeah. I haven't actually. Like I said, this is my first time reading it also. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you guys, if anybody out there has been reading this and you want to kind of like contribute to the conversation, send us an email and just let us know, you know, what you thought and, you know, what number you're on and that kind of thing. Because this is just one of those things that I would I would really like <coughs> to get some feedback on specifically. I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't read it sooner because uh, same, I, I, same I, here. it, it kind of piqued my interest. But then, you know, based on the covers, it's like, oh, it just looks like, you know, Western. And then yeah. there's some other covers that kind of hint to something else. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like future Western, whatever, you know. And then now I'm like, oh, man, I wish I would have been so moving forward away from uh, East of West and moving in, into the Marvel Universe. Um, sort of. Ooh. Sort of. Marvel sort of. Universe. But it is. But it's, it's <laughs> yeah. sort of Marvel Universe. It says Marvel on the cover. It says cover, Marvel yeah. on the cover. Um, so, and they mentioned it's Marvel canon, characters. It's right? Yeah. yeah. It's canon. characters. Um, <laughs> moving into Ryan's book this time. So Ryan, tell us about the book that you brought. I brought Next Wave Agents of Hate, number one. Uh, this is a, kind of an older book, 2006, 2007-ish. Uh, it's written by Warren Ellis and it's drawn by Stuart Eminen. Um, 
Uh, gosh, you guys, I love this book. on it? Emonen, Stuart oh, Emonen. Like Marshall Mathers. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a comedy book, sort, sort, of. sort of. It's like an sort action of. comedy, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I can see that. It, it, it's it, basically in the Marvel Universe and heavily making fun of the Marvel Universe simultaneously. Absolutely. The whole Captain America bit on the first issue. <laughs> what did you guys think the of it? The first page, I mean. That made me laugh. Oh, man, <laughs> these first couple of pages when he's talking about, well, what was your superhero name? And it says... Captain with four uh, skull, skull and crossbones in it. Not like the normal dollar sign at symbol, that yeah. kind of thing. Just four skull crossbones. I'm like, it took me a second to pick it up on, to pick yeah. on it for some reason. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then yeah. when he's talking about Captain America, I'm like, that's better. <laughs> when he gets beat up by Captain America and then left in a dumpster, beat to heck, and with a bar, bar of soap, soap in his, his mouth. mouth. Yeah. Fantastic. This, as far as the writing goes, I mean, and it works well with the R2, this this hits, it is very funny. It hits on all sorts of different comedy, too. There's obviously, like, silly, like, like almost airplane-esque gags, like when he's on the, the, the community, when the, the director of hate is on the communications thing, it's a giant telephone that, that comes sits down on his over head, his yeah. head. Um, or when, uh, not spoiler alert, by the way, guys, when Fing Fang Foom wakes up and the whole little bit about, yeah. about how he's like he wants to mate but he realizes he doesn't have any sort of pieces to do that with and he gets really this he don't have no bits and this angers him nice. <laughs> which is why he starts destroying the city Oh, oh man! No, no. This 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 book. Ryan told me to read this book way back when. Uh, it's true. A well really before, long time ago. Yeah. Well before any uh, any podcasts were even a thought. And he was like, "I'm like, this is, seems like a cool comic." Um, and I remember buying this issue, and I was like, "I'll read that." Never did until now. But really? I'm I'm really glad that I finally got around to reading it. Um, yeah, this is really cool. I, the writing is great. Warren Ellis is hilarious. Let's um, can we just reflect yeah. real quick since it's our last book of the of the section? We've had Remender Hickman Ellis. And who am I missing? Lemire. And Lemire. Lemire. It's like Marvel. Jeez, could we pick a better batch of writers? <laughs> just for, no wonder we've all like had so many things to say about all of our books. It's yeah. just like we have an All Star Week this week. Yes. Good lord, we shouldn't even bother tweeting these guys because they'll just blow over it in like one <laughs> second. It's like, oh yeah, well, I know. I have a response. I know I'm great. All of all, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you guys don't need to tweet me. I have a wall of awards that already say the exact same thing. Like for oh, I'm, every single one I'm of these glad people. Glad I have the uh, the four color commentary seal of approval. Thank it you. <laughs> Take a snapshot of the tweet and like print it out and like put it up on the wall next to all the awards. I'm so this glad is, four is, nerds with microphones <coughs> like my stuff. This is what I've been. This is what I've been reading for. Listen, I've won lots of awards. <laughs> Your mother must be proud. Gosh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, and I, I, I love oh, also the Fing Fang Foom panels. I love that it says Fing Fang Foom, and then I read the little box Fing Fang Foom. Like it says it every single time. Which just in case you didn't know what it was, it's almost like someone saying Godzilla. He's a big monster. Godzilla. He shoots fire from his mouth. Godzilla. It's, it's just that's how I read it. My Sunday, mind. Sunday, it, Sunday. It, is, is it like, like a Michael? Shaft theme song? Yes, yes. <laughs> shaft. Fing Fang Foom. <laughs> I think they have the next wave theme song in the letters page on the <laughs> really? um, Was it not retconned um, or at least hinted at that Fin Fang Foom was part of? So I read this comic a while ago and I totally forget what it was. So retcon means anytime. Retroactive continuity change. There yes. you go. Okay. So basically, anytime a writer goes back and changes something after the fact by writing it in. Okay. Um, so for example, I was reading a comic book. I think it was. Oh gosh, it was Excalibur or something like that. So it was like, um, like all the weird UK uh, um, superheroes, mm -hmm. and there was in that book a series of dragon aliens. We just lost all of our UK. Can I make now. this easier for you? 
It's like when <laughs> Superman first came out, he could only jump over tall buildings. And then they decided yeah. later, nah, he can fly. So, And then it kind of became canon that he could always fly. Right. So the point being... Even he couldn't always fly. I, I thought that they retconned it to where uh, Fin Fang <laughs> Fang was actually a dragon, not like a mutated monster. Is this his like origin story? Am I missing something? No, this is not an origin at all. Okay. <laughs> I figured he's been, along, been around for a long time. Yeah. This is him being unburied from near a small South Dakota town. Okay, yeah, I was what, not sure. Um, Abseth? No, maybe North Dakota. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. That's what the... What, what was the name of that company? The uh, Beyond Corporation? The Beyond yes. Corporation. They're, they're looking you know, for that. That's what they're digging yeah. for. Yep. So they're just like, let's find them. Let's talk about the art. <laughs> what did you guys think? I liked it. I did too. So this is the kind of... Like, this is... Like, Atomic Robo, uh-huh. and uh, you know anything simple like that. You know, straight black lines, nice flat colors with some shading, mm-hmm. um, expressions that just make you know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like I love the overly expressed faces. It just feels fun in that sense. Like it doesn't seem pretentious. It doesn't seem like. I mean, the writing definitely gives you a feeling of that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It doesn't seem pretentious. It seems like it's supposed to be fun and comic booky. Yep. Um, but still, while having a plot and having a lot of action, that's what I really, really like about this art. There are some some panels where I'm looking at. I'm like, man, I really like this art. Some panels where I'm like, yeah, it's not really the style that like appeals to me. Um, you know, but overall, I, I like it. I like that it's not too overly glossy or photoshoppy or whatever. You know, I, I like that it, it's more fun, like Alan's saying. You know. Oh, I, I, I mean, obviously, I love the art. I love the, I love the, um, the panel where Elsa Bloodstone is is using a Gibson SG to yes, destroy yes. a jeep. Yes, so good. Do not run away. From I, me. I don't like that <laughs> because I like Gibson SGs and they should be treated. Don't nicer. feel too bad because it's actually a Les Paul. Oh, was it? Oh, oh you're right. It's a Les Paul. That's I okay. was I trusting Ryan. That's okay. That was me dropping the mic. Oh, I was really trusting it took Ryan. Took a long time for it to hit the ground. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention, but you were correct. It is yeah, it's a Les Paul. But that's okay. Uh, then she is, opens her no, guitar is, case. It's full of guns. Yeah, Les Paul, no, or is it an Epiphone? Because that headstock looks kind of Epiphone. Really? Listen, we're that? gonna really fight. It's about a this. cartoon. Yeah, let's go with the fact that it's a comic book. No, it's literature. It is a Les Paul. It's art. Like when she gets punched in the face and she says, "Ow." I like the fact that when they're beating up on those robot android things and like she beats up two of them and then the third one is like nope nope not doing this nope nope running away yeah. <laughs> you're going to my special runaway song <laughs> <laughs> i like the part where uh where monica rambo asks uh asks machine man not to call human beings fleshy ones yeah, yeah. It's, it's like i get that you're like, a robot but can you not call them fleshy ones yeah it's creepy <laughs> um i i like when she lights the I, dog on fire with her mind i did like that not that i promote she was a that kid. but you know i was just like that's kind of an interesting insight to like her past and stuff like that um i didn't like the android guy thing oh, I, I didn't like that bit i was like I, I don't know you know just wasn't my type of humor or whatever so um you hilarious know, <laughs> it was one of those things but I, you guys like that you know i, oh, I mean i as the book goes on he just clearly hates people oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it seems like right off the bat he's kind of not somebody that wants to be there a whole yeah. lot just yeah, kind of yeah. like is it doesn't seem like no, any no, of them really no, want to be not, there. not not him the the uh the, from the beyond corporation oh, oh the androids yeah, yeah, yeah i like i like him where he's just like oh, okay. you know, oh they're big bug just, guys they're just cannon fodder yeah yeah i mean they're not supposed to be important um I, uh, so Photon uh-huh. was also at one time Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, how, like, 
I know we'll, I, I, I want to get into a compendium on, on this at some point, but there's been a lot of Captain Marvels. Yeah, there have. So, I mean, anybody a that hears the Captain name Captain Marvel, Marvel that's only like <laughs> somewhat familiar. Remember we said Marvel. Marvel Universe, not yeah. DC Universe. Yes, it's not It's not Shazam. <laughs> As he's known now, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Billy um, Batson. Yeah. But I just think that's really interesting that it's a character who, who took on a big name. Yeah, who's and relatively then, well known. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you look at her and you're not like, and you're like, Photon? Captain Marvel? I don't understand. Like, yeah. Unless, yeah, it, yeah. She's kind of like, not a throwaway, but she was, she's been moved. And, and as they go on through the series, it, it seems like, it seems like Warren Ellis and, and the editors just like, were like, well, let's, let's dig into like really random, <laughs> strange characters that Marvel's completely forgotten about and that. resurrect them only to have their heads beaten in. Is this one with dupe? No, Dupe's not in this one. Four Bushman is okay. from Not Brand Ech. <laughs> <laughs> they make direct reference oh, to that in a couple boy. of issues. Awesome. Um, the one thing, I, the other thing I like too that made me smile during this uh, when I was reading all the Dirk Hate uh, or Dirk, I'm sorry, Dirk Anger, a director of hate. Dirk dialogue. Anger, director uh, of hate. Uh, it sounds like Arlie Emery in my head. Just the way he <laughs> <laughs> yes, it totally there's, does. There's no other way when he's when he's saying like, "Oh, I'm 30, sir." He goes, "30? You look like a bag of dried butt skin." I was like. <laughs> I can't do you out of the Emory, but that's what I heard in my head. That was pretty close. Yeah. Well, you started off strongly. Yeah, I know. It didn't <laughs> you should have well. kept going. I just like the way he talks about how he, he whatever he wants to eat for dinner, he kills, and then whatever's left, he peels he off whatever he wants to yeah. eat, and whatever's left, they bury. Dude, that whole... He does that it whole, every day. That's that whole monologue. speech where he's talking to the recruits just made me laugh. Oh, my God. That was awesome. <laughs> just like, whoever wrote that had so much fun. Oh, I mean, oh, we, yeah, know yeah, he we know who wrote that. We know who wrote that, but you know him. My yeah. favorite thing is the the little caption boxes where it's like, Next Wave is a superhero comic about five people who have just minutes to prevent a town from being eaten by a giant lizard monster in purple underpants. Or the part where it talks about Tabby Smith. What does it say? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Tabitha Smith possesses the mutant powers of blowing things up and stealing all your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's that a power. We're talking about individual characters. I did want to just read this for you guys. The... Uh the audience here for okay. uh, Dirk Anger, uh, as his name is, where he's ta- where he's given that whole Arlie Army uh, mm-hmm. a sp- speech, where he just says, you know, it's like every day I smoke two hundred cigarettes and one hundred cigars, and I drink a bottle of whiskey and three bottles of wine with dinner, and dinner is meat, raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was, was good. I, I love that. Dude. It's putting Ron Swanson and, to shame, and, and of course, <laughs> and of course, the part where he talks about, well, "I'm 90 years old. You know how I'm alive? Drugs. <laughs> lots extended lots hate and lots drugs. of drugs. The show does not support children doing drugs. No, or any, anybody, anybody, really. Um, unless you need him to. Like, I had to read this last, you guys. To, I, think, yeah. I, I knew what kind of book this was going into it, and after the first three books, I'm like, I have to read this last. Yeah, like, it's like, going like, to be, it definitely like eased the tension. Uh, I, I can't encourage you guys enough to read the rest of this, oh, because it's to. just oh, so sure. funny. Okay, like, so, it, it's, there's lots of action, but it is silly as all get out. I, I thought it was a very fun read. Uh-huh. I, it made me laugh and chuckle a lot. Uh-huh. Didn't feel connected to any of the characters though. Okay. And actually, I can feel I, you on that. I didn't really have a hook. I kind of had that moment that that Alan had with uh, Animal Man, where I was just like, "All right, that was a cool read." I don't really, you know, like you know what's next. I'm like, okay, I feel like I could just read this and be fine. Mm-hmm. But so let let me do this. Let's let's do this. Give me one or two lines as to. You know what? What? What's my hook? What's What's my motivation to read the ne- the next few? Um, Dirk Anger goes nuts. <laughs> I am sold and tries to <laughs> tries to kill the next wave. 
I am salt. You didn't have to try very hard with that. Because you, you, you listened very carefully and you picked out the one part that I really liked. Uh-huh. So, okay, cool. Dirk Anger going nuts. I just realized that the back matter in this book is called hate mail. Yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> I awesome, love, dude. but we need to start mentioning that because some <laughs> some of the books we've read, like like the sex criminals ones. Oh yeah. man! Like so if you read all the just, we need to go back and actually take a look at those and compile so a list good. of all of our favorites. Yeah, so good. Um, okay, so Ryan, where can folks find this? Obviously, I found it on Comicsology, so the issues are available there. But where else? Brick and mortar. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, it? brick and mortar. This is. Um, I think they've kept this trade in print because it is just so funny and kind of like the the classic modern marvel funny thing that's not deadpool uh-huh. um so uh it's as far as i know it's it's still this trade is in print there's only been 12 issues of it um there's i have the next wave agents of hate what do they call it yeah. ultimate collection yeah it's uh ultimate yeah it's digital it's you can probably find it brick and mortared I, I would imagine individual issues are probably pricey at this point yeah but uh yeah Cool. Well, uh, I also agree with Alan, though. It's funny that he says that this is the book you should read last, because that also includes our next portion of the show. Wait, can I stop real quick? Okay. The four issues from this week were so good. Yes. So good. Everybody brought yes. super good books. Like, Everybody brought like, really good, good really good books. If anybody, if anybody listens and is concerned about the Ryan Seal of approval, every book this week. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. That makes two you guys. For me. All right, so That's I'm quitting. the dream. Alan quitting. brought a book. And Ryan liked it. We did it. We did it. We did it. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Dora. Wow. I liked the Chewy book. Yeah. That's true. Ryan liked the Chewy <laughs> book. Loisimos. We did it. <laughs> Please don't sue us. Um, so, but he yeah. changed the words enough. I do agree, though. If you are going to read any of the books that we talk about on the show. This read week, all of these read books. Read all of these books. Read Next Wave last. And that includes before <laughs> our first prints. And always remember, about. no matter what books we're reading this week, read Six Gun Gorilla. <laughs> yes. <laughs> always on the to-read list. Now the next book, though, we're talking about. So moving on to our first Prince book. Um, get a box Kleenex. You want me to intro it? Yeah, Ryan, tell us. So get a box Kleenex, guys. Ryan's going to tell us about our book this time. Ryan, what book did did you put a gun to our head and make us read? I uh, <laughs> I, I forced these gentlemen to read uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely's limited Vertigo's series called We Three. Yes. Uh, it's a story about three sort of robo robo animal hybrids that are produced as weapons and with no humanity or care put into them and if you're an animal person let me put this way i'm not sighing because i didn't like the book i like the book a lot actually it's just it's sad yeah 2004 2005 it's it's relatively short. Ryan, it's how are you smiling still right now? Ryan, it's, it's good comics. Ryan, how many it times you read this? So I don't know, like a dozen. Do you have no soul? Not Do you have somewhere. no soul, sir? Okay, so somewhere. so folks, so folks, basically involves these three animal robot hybrids um, that are 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 meant are going to be decommissioned. A doggy and, and a kitty. A doggy, and a, a kitty, rabbit. and a bunny rabbit, and, uh, named We Three, the We Three Project. Um, and there's they're respectively one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can talk, but they, they talk in tech speak. Yeah, it's no. They talk, and I, I said this to Chewie earlier. I said they talk the way that I imagine animals would talk. They don't talk yeah. like, "Hello, I am a dog." It's like. We, like one, two, we we go home. Now it's like, oh, that's all in broken yeah, voice. They, yeah. they refer to each other by their numbers. And I was, yeah. they normally do. Every now and then they'll say dog, cat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. As, as if it doesn't pull your heartstrings enough, each <coughs> one of these issues starts off with a missing or or, or help, please help the cover. find each, me poster. Each cover oh, yeah. is a yeah. lost pet 
um, oh, flyer, implying God. that these animals came from, uh, well, they were either abducted or found, um, yeah. and then experimented on, oh. rigged up with robotics, well, and taught oh. to kill people. Well, and that's and that's what they were talking about, or in, in in the book they say, you know, these weren't bred, these animals weren't bred for you know what we're having them do. These are, for lack of a better word, civilian animals, mm-hmm. um, and that later comes into play when they're talking about uh, weapon four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, someone talk about Let's be fair, though. This. The opening of this book is pretty awesome. It is really it's awesome. It's pretty, pretty, pretty action-packed and pretty awesome at first. But yeah. that's about the only part that you're like, oh, this is cool. After yeah. that, you're like, oh. What hath oh. God wrought? <laughs> so I think, why Grant? Why? So I think it's the issue the people and kind of animals. <laughs> I think the biggest issue with this book, not issue, but the biggest thing, the reason it's sad, is because you put yourself in the the shoes of the animal. But not only that, be, with all the allusions to the fact that the animals want to go home um, after they are like let loose, um, that you put yourself in in the in the eyes of the owners, their former owners, missing their pets, right? Um, not knowing where they went. And then on top of that, it's just made worse by the fact that you know where they went. They were experimented on and taught to kill people. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they were they were shown off as as uh, a science experiment, deemed too dangerous to continue, and were told to be decommissioned. Now, these animals barely understand, you know, human speech. They understand commands and, and they kind of understand what's going on. But the word decommissioned when broken down into like very simple animal speak is one of the most heartbreaking words you can ever like read on a page because it's decommissioned and it's like you, they're putting together exactly what that means. And you're like, no, we, I already know what that means. It means they're going to be for lack of a better word destroyed. So, it's you're it's a bad really, man, Ryan. You're I didn't a, write this, but you chose it. You made us. It's a this good is, story. is this our penance for Deadpool, Ryan? <laughs> story, <laughs> it is. It totally story is. This is have like, emotions. This is like this you is successful. Did, this is like you spilled some some pudding on the carpet when I told you not to run with it. Now go get forty lashes and your face cut open because <laughs> <laughs> your heart ripped out. Okay, let's not go that far. <laughs> okay, so, maybe it's not that bad. Yes, but, this is penance for okay. Deadpool. This yes, is it is. For, I knew it was I penance for Deadpool. <laughs> but 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 honestly, no, no. All kidding aside, it, it's 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 beautiful work. Um, I mean, the art <clears throat> is gorgeous. I'm a big Frank Quitely fan. Um, after Superman, um, all, all Star Superman, I should say. I'm going to go on record and just throw this out there in case it sure. just suddenly happens. I, I I love, you know, metal and blood and guts and all that sort of stuff. And Ian, you've known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know that I can pretty much watch anything. We've, how many movies have we seen where it's like, no, son, I'm going to lose my only son. And you're like, do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> right, right on, metal, metal. But then it's like, uh, a little known che- fact, a little, yeah. little chewy trivia here yeah. for you. I love the show Futurama, in particular the oh, early oh, run yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I mean, I, I, Futurama, I, but I, know where you're going I literally just watch seasons like one through five or mm-hmm. like one through four on a continuous loop. And I just, once I'm done with the last one, I start it over again. It's just like my go to have it on all the time show. Um, there's one episode in my Netflix queue that you will see never has any like progress on it. <laughs> that episode is called Jurassic Bark. Oh, that's um, such a sad episode. Anything too. that involves pets or 
dogs in particular, but pets, you know, either dying or being sad or anything like that. That just that's my weakness. Yeah, and I think, for lack of better words, my kryptonite. Right, and I and I think that this is um, an example of a non-human story taking on human elements, mm-hmm. sort of like. You know, sort of like a personification, but it's less so because the animals have a personality. You know, they they are already personified. You don't have to project onto them. And they do a really good job of like personifying the animals as as people think. Like the dog, yeah. the dog is very loyal. One is very super loyal. Right. Two cat is just a, a butthead. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he's just a stealth stink. sniper. Yeah, stink. Yeah, and then and then 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 three, the little rabbit is just like food. Eat, eat. It's like whatever isn't it, it, it feels at that exact moment is what yes. needs to happen. A very low, um, low it, It's I I love that the way they did that. That made me smile. And that's it. One part of the book. Made oh me come like, on, Aww. the fact that it poops bombs in little tiny circles that's didn't make good. you laugh that's a little bit. Good too. <laughs> I, I love in the first issue though. It's right after they talk about decommissioning the project, and they and then basically their science. The person who's working on the projects, the scientist, sets them free. Basically, um, but right. how everything's told through those security camera squares. Oh yeah, uh, those like oh, so those, like so four pages of that is great. I want to read the script. Let's talk about pages the way that the let's talk about the way the art is laid out in these books. So there are many many like non-traditional ways of telling this the sequences so one of those is all of those panels right there Scott which was God would be very happy with this yes. one. another one was the um the uh, uh I, I don't know what to call them circulating window panes so where it's like it shows a, a sideways panel and then every time it kind of changes angle so it looks like they're jumping through a series of window panes oh yeah yeah like this right here it's it's yeah it's hard to tell yeah, it's, it's on it's issue two page like nine or ten or something like that. yeah like yeah i think it's seven or so but yeah um so it looks like but you're you're supposed to be following action over time but it it's kind of all one scene to tell the way that this book is laid out it's just it's non-traditional um lots of no no white gutters but lots of black yeah so lots and lots and lots of black um ah oh, jeez this art and so the art in, in my in my opinion this and i'm starting to get misty i know i can't do this <laughs> the, the art in my opinion is a little um inconsistent okay. with uh character models with the yeah. exception of with the exception of we three yeah the, um, the, the animals ex- themselves but the people are all kind of like vaguely inconsistent yeah um i okay so let's talk about story arc it's three issues to? Yeah, and yeah, we do. Ian, why does why why does this make you feel? We got to talk about that. It makes me feel so much because, like Chewie, I am also an animal person, and it's it's the way that they that they speak and that they and that they think, and it's that whole setup of this of this book is just so. <sighs> like they start off with the f- uh, they start off with the the posters like we talked about. That's yeah. like part one. You're like, oh okay. Like, let me let me analyze you a little bit. Yes, go ahead. So, how about the fact that these animals had no say in this. Yeah. So not only are they personified, it's yep. the fact that they can't help themselves with the exception of what they're doing right now. And even when they're trying to do it, yeah. they're still being thwarted. Yeah. So it's probable, like in my opinion, that you're probably feeling this way because being the person that you are, you always want to help people. Yes. And you feel <laughs> like 
no matter what, these animals are not going to get any help. No, that's true. And <laughs> so you, you feel helpless and all you can do is watch what happens. Yes. Also, probably some issues with my mother, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And your dog. But no, no, no. And I know. And I recently lost a pet, too. So, like, I'm, I'm like, super emotional about that pet right. stuff. But yes. no, that being said, it's a, it's a one. I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's this. It's it's it, it, it really makes you think as a human, like what we do and how we affect the, uh, the world around us and how we interact with nature and how sometimes we don't have any regard for anything other than ourselves, you know, well, our needs. For, yeah. me, for me, what really got me in terms of the feels so I can try to get that out of the way yeah. before we get a uh, story talking is um, the, the dog. I, I have a yellow lab oh, and yeah. yellow labs. I mean, they're just like amazing. You know, you walk through the door and they're like, oh my God, you've been gone for a million years. Like you're back. You're finally back. I love you. And you know, they're very expressive with that. So, in the second issue where um, the the hunter guy, you know, is out with his son and they come across uh, the rabbit. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, he's like, get away from it. And, like, you know, they, they end up shooting the rabbit. And um, you have the dog charge in there. He's like, you know, I, I, like, I think he says, like, one protect or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that right there because that's just, like, that's what any dog would do in a situation like yeah, that. Okay. And, um, and then he goes and, and he, you don't see it, but he jumps at the, the guy with the gun. And then you just see a, ra- a panel of like red. And then the next panel, you see the dog sitting there like looking like, like a person right. ashamed. Yeah. Like sitting there with his head down and he's just saying, bad dog, yeah. bad dog. Yeah. I can't. I can't even read that without getting because uh, it's just like you know he's, he's like you said they just want to help or he just right. wants to help and um, it's, he, it, it, it's just that like the the personification of him you're like you know this animal feels shame I guess or like they like like he failed or something like that he's just like he just wants to be a good dog you see that also yeah. earlier mm-hmm. where he tries to save a guy from the water and he pulls this guy out and oh, he's like he, he just says like I saved man I'm good help man good dog good dog like he's just asking because it's just like when that dog when your dog comes up to you and is giving you that like look and you you know you just pet him because you know what they want you're just like good dog good boy good girl yeah, yeah they and they personify like, like the, the language that they use i can't stress yeah. this enough that is what makes me when i look back at this <laughs> and just read the panel and stuff it's the look on their faces and how well I, that's one thing i will say about frank quietly you captured the look of like animals and how they give you those certain looks mm-hmm. so well and and the the and Grant the the if you're listening I'm sure I doubt you are but the <laughs> maybe you are um, the the dialogue that goes along with it the way you wrote that is just so clever and it 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 just it hits on an emotional level like any pet owner anybody who loves animals it hits you on an emotional level like okay, I'm afraid so to recommend this to, to to animal lovers because they will be like why did you do this to me I, I have to give up my my mm. tear moment which is when the good doctor is telling the dog what his name is. Oh, yeah, he's like your name is Bandit. You're not one. Your name is Bandit. You have a home. Go find your home. And she like, you know, throws herself in front of the bullets. But that was my got you moment. And it was just like, oh, 
God. But, I hate you so much right now, Alan. But, 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 even though, hold on, I'm going to make you happy, Chewy, because Chewy, Chewy, oh my God, yeah, it's, it's happened. <laughs> um, so, um, Shut oh up. God. Uh, so, comics is art, so hold on, comics no, no, is literature, comics yeah, is on, art, hold, comics is literature. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is where it gets metal, though, is when he goes, he goes, because, because she gets shot, she gets killed, and he goes, bad dog? And then it's all sad and everything. And then he sees four, which which we didn't mention. They send this other a fourth member of this team that which we haven't is just heard about. Massive which bull is mastiff. Massive. Oh, this massive dog. Which actually, the, when I saw that first panel where they yeah. uh, reveal him, I was like, "That's pretty awesome." Looking. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, they're in trouble." And then this, but that panel though, right after where he just is standing there and he's like, "Bad." He goes, "Bad dog." Bad dog, bad. He's chasing after this thing. I'm like, yeah, get him, get this guy. Because <laughs> at this point, by the way, oh, we forgot to mention the rabbit gets shot in the head. That also does it. It didn't yeah. die though. It didn't so, die though, but it was like malfunctioning. Well, well, we'll yeah, story. Here in a moment, it's like yeah. a vegetable, yeah. basically. And no, then, no, it still functions. It just can't talk. Barely. Anymore. It's like that's a rabbit. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm so used to them talking. But yeah, and also where the homeless guy is taking care of him, and he shows up, and he's like, "I'm not your man." But you you won't buy it unless you have to, huh, boy? And he gives him like part of a cheeseburger, and I'm like, stop it. <sighs> <sighs> okay, so All let's right. go ahead. And right, I just let me just story. recap the plot real quick. Yes, yeah. uh, so we we've talked a lot about this. We haven't talked about the book. Sure. Let's talk about the book, <laughs> so shall we? I'll, I'll, okay, I'll blitz through that, real quick sorry. since I've read it a bunch of times. Um, so we have these. Uh, we start with a, an assassination being carried out, basically by the We Three as like a test, and then we have some senator touring the facility, and they also have these rats that are remote controlled and this colony of rats can build a jet engine in under 72 hours or something. And, and yep. that's sort of weird. Um, you can also and use so them to kill, but then, but then the, the Senator is vaguely horrified and decides to shut the thing down. But the lady who's been working on it specifically with, the, with these animals won't stand for that. And so she sort of lets them loose as she quits. Uh, and then they get loose and they're just sort of deciding to go home and, and the, the they're animals hurting anyone. Right. The animals are sort of having an argument because one is saying, you know, is saying home, and then the cat number two is saying one no zero, one no zero, no home, and basically saying like we can't ever go home again. Yeah. Uh, and so, but then, but then one wins out, but then these military teams are trying to capture them, and and all they know is defense, and so they slaughter tons of people, and it's very yeah. bloody and brutal, uh, and so that keeps happening, and they end up sort of in a train yard. No, they end up first being being chased by the rats, and then they blow yeah. up a train, a and bridge, then yeah, and then yeah. They, and then they, and then they get they get cornered by that guy who's the like hunter a guy. hunter and then shoots the rabbit yeah and then they end up in a train yard and there's a homeless guy who finds him in a boxcar and is like nice mm-hmm. to them and is like the only human who's sort of nice to them besides yeah. this doctor who then like finally they they use her as a pawn to sort of get them she, to come in the one that created them so they you know trust yeah, so her. they'll trust her and they're about to kill the dog they're about to kill one and she says oh your name is bandit and then takes the bullets for him and then that's the when he's only a human bad dog. who dies in this book that I feel bad. Yeah, about, and then by he, the way. <laughs> and then they set four, which is this massive bull mastiff in a black robot suit, against them, and 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 things happen and fighting and stuff. And so yeah, three doesn't make it. Three doesn't make three it. Does not make it. Three but one and two, one and two are able to limp away and yeah. find a little bit of solitude outsmart the uh, remaining soldiers that are tracking them and shed their robotics. Yeah. yeah. So they still have some wires and stuff coming out of them, but they shed their robotics and they hold up kind of like, you know, trying to hang on until the homeless guy comes back and saves them. So, which brings me to my last point. Uh, well, not my last point, I have one more point after this, but bring, it ended a lot happier than I thought it was going yeah. to. So 
one <coughs> three doesn't make it, but one and two do make it. And while they don't find their way back to their respective homes, they do find a new home with a homeless guy who seems to want to take care of them and seems to yeah. be that's, a nice guy. In that's general. the part where I have tears, where they're losing the, where he's taking off the. Um, yeah, the robotics. The, the robotics is a co- bad uh, coat. coat. Bandit, yeah, band- coat uh, is co- not bandit. bandit. Yeah, coat is not we. I'm just like, mm. yeah, and so and then, you know, and then the uh, the scientist who's going to uh, testify against the uh, the agency who created them as he's on, on the way up the steps drops off a couple hundred dollars in the guy's cup, which is nice. Um, so let's talk about the pacing. So the first part is very cool like you get the the cool assassination attempt it's dark and it's stealth and they get the job done you're like yeah that was really cool and the second part is a little bit of exposition a little bit of character development or at least breaks down what's going to happen Mm -hmm. uh then the rest of it is kind of like they're on the run yeah it's like endless chase kind of a lot of gore and a lot of blood i didn't feel like there was a whole lot of setup for that third act though i felt like okay we're gonna use you as a pawn she's like what and then the next time you and then even, it happens. Yeah, yeah, then it happens. So yeah. I don't know if they ran out of time or if they ran out of pages or what, but the entire pacing of the book, like it, it manages to hit all the right parts, at, at least at first, but I, I feel like it was kind of disjointed in it, some parts. It, it, for me, it felt like it didn't really uh, have enough focus to it, but at the same time, I feel like it focused on exactly what it wanted to. If it, I've t- I was looking at that and I'm like, okay, you know, they just kind of threw that in there. Okay, so now this is going to happen and boom, and then that's done um, with the humans. Anything involving the humans just felt really like disjointed, yeah, like mm-hmm. weird exposition or like just kind of super villain soundbite type of thing. Like, ooh, well, we can use them to, you know, kill people. Um, I didn't but, feel like, I, I didn't feel like it was. There was really a threat until yeah. that Mastiff showed up. Exactly. And then, then I'm like, okay, now, now it's stuff. But at the same time where, where I'm kind of like, okay, that feels like it wasn't the right thing to do or, or the focus is kind of where is it? it I mean, it's clear. It's, it's about the three. It's yeah. not about that's the true. other people. So that's where I kind of told myself after. I'm like, okay, it makes sense that if it feels disjointed, I mean, it just kind of seems it, – it's almost like you're in – in the position of the three animals to where it's like all of a sudden this human's here, you know, um, cause they wouldn't have been privy to it. I guess that's true. But at the same time, you can't just like say, I'm going to focus on these three characters <coughs> and the conflict is going to be external and not talk yeah. about and, and not give the conflict weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. I, I mean, internal conflict is great, but if you're going to go with internal conflict, you should have a source of the things causing the, in the internal conflict. So I feel like they could have either, Stuck with a a a more fleshed out external conflict, mm-hmm. i.e., uh, you know, the government, or they could have stuck to the internal conflict, which is the um, missing individuality, the desire to go home, the uh, confrontation within the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could have been more bottled than it than it was supposed to be. I feel like mm-hmm. they tried to split it down the middle, and they just didn't have enough pages. One more issue, and I feel yeah. like they could have expanded and would have felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. One more issue, like I feel like an issue two 
that's more human centric. Yeah, I agree. Kind of set up the threat. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What would have been a good portion cool. of two anyway. Yeah. Or at least half of two and then half of three. So you you split the second act up into into yeah. two parts. It means more pages that can make you cry though. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Need <laughs> like I said, I didn't all. actually cry, but I did get really teary. Um, I, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Parts. I thought that it was it was shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, it had a really cool message and like a really cool concept behind it. Um, so, and then an ending that, you know, made sense and didn't totally suck. So it's yeah. not like blackness and everybody, I, I thought for sure nobody was getting out of this. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they made it out at least in, in to a <laughs> life that wasn't what they, what they were used to before was really like a good turn. Um, mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, where we kind of thought it was going to be like, no one's going to make it out alive sort of thing. Uh, let's talk about three for a moment so mm-hmm. three does not make it out alive right now and um i'll be honest with you when three gets shot i just had a moment like oh that sucks i wasn't really invested and then when he finally he sacrifices himself again it this is arguably the third time he puts himself on the line yeah the first time is with the train yes yeah. the second time is with the hunter well even then i don't say he was like trying to defend he was trying to get help right yeah. um but still and then the third time with the with the bull mastiff, and you know I, I feel like there's something behind that, and I think it might be because we're looking at it from you know we connect with a, a lot you know with dogs and with um, you know cats because they're very expressive. Mm. It's very easy to personify them, and like with what Ian was saying, with everything the rabbit was saying, it's just like fixed tail now, food now, hungry now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just very much this is what I want right now, right now. But arguably one of the most humane characters, if not the most humane, because put you know you you see a, a moment where he decides I am going to you know get in the way of this threat mm-hmm. so that I can save my other two three times friends. And see, yeah, and I would even argue times. I would even argue there isn't a moment of decision. It just because that's how his that's how that that's how the animal like small animals like that. Having being a person who's owned mice, who's owned hamsters, who's owned that sort of stuff, like smaller animals, birds, um, they kind of think that way. They're just kind of like, do. I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. So there's no like, there's no question in their mind. Like They don't cognize their own death or mortality. They yeah. just do. And I mean, neither do dogs or cats that we know of. Yeah. But um, it's just do. So there was no question. that That's why it hit me on such a... Left late, like a, a, a deep level when they even got shot. And also when... Because I'm just like, he didn't even think. Like... Humans don't do that. Yeah. We don't just jump into situations like that. We have to think, well, is this going to be what's best for me? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. It was n- no question. And I'm just like, oh, for me, for me, anymore. I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah. For me, when, uh, when three got shot, it was a uh, moment because it was, I was really hoping they would all make it out together. Yeah. Um, because three was the voice of reason up to that point where like one and two were fighting. He goes one, two, no fight. We three. That's true. You know? And he was like, he was this weird kind of not weird, but he was was like the pragmatic. He was the voice of reason between the two. So one being incredibly loyal, the other one being incredibly almost disloyal to go to, to a a reason, but self-contained just being like, I'm going to be in charge of myself. Right. So the question was, if three goes away, then what happens to one and two? Are they going to be able yeah. to pull it out? And is everything going to fall apart or not? Um, so I, when when three sacrificed himself to the Mastiff, but then he ultimately saved them, yeah. um, then it was kind of like, okay, he did that to 
you know, cement one and two being together. Now one and two have to be together because if they really cared about each other yeah. as a trio, there would be no way that one and two weren't going to be together. And, and, and so the end of it. that shift too, where mm-hmm. at the end, you know, where they've stripped their, uh, their robotics. armor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, where, you know, uh, one is lying there. And honestly, at that moment, that's where the waterworks started for me because I'm like, right. the dog is going to die. And dog oh, death yeah. is like my thing. Right. And where he's saying, he's like, you know, black. <laughs> black, on, black. clarify, dog death bothers you. Dog death is not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really bad. Yeah, it did. Every, every other Thursday before the podcast, we get to. <laughs> Chewy and Michael death. Vick get to hang out. Oh, 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 I went there. Dog wow. death. Is the one Come thing on, man. that I took it off can him. get to me is what I mean. Yes, um, but you know, and what he's saying is like you know, far is where I far where I be or something like that. Yeah. Far be I in black and stuff like that. And that and 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 two, you know, he goes out and he hunts and he gets like the mice. Yeah, and he brings it back to him. Just like trying yeah. to figure out well, what are we gonna do? Trying to feed him and stuff like that. You know, um, I did like how you know earlier on where they're waiting for the homeless guy to come back and he's like, he'll be back. He's good man. You know, yeah. and yeah. then. He did come back in the end, so that was kind of cool. But sitting on the steps, you know, the dude, the evil scientist guy, you know, walks by and he's just like, here's $400. Take good care of him. He's a clever dog. And then he's walking up the stairs to go to, you see the paparazzi there taking pictures or, or the news uh, he's not news a celebrity. Yeah. yeah, he's a news cameras. Um, you know, and he's just like, I'm going to go do this trial thing, apparently. Um, I, that ending seemed a little, just seemed like a little, okay, well, let's, but like you said, it felt like there was one issue. A little that, bit of a drop off. Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, I'm still. I'm stoked that they have a guy now. Yeah, yeah that's cool. They have a guy, but... It is and not even, it's not even like they found their homes again, and yeah. it's not like yeah, yeah. they no, live in a big, well-to-do mansion. They live with a homeless guy. But yeah, you know what? It, but it's, it's life. Yeah. It's a life. It's yeah. a it's life not, that's not... And they got they, they got rid of all their cybernetics. They have patches yeah. of fur and like scars and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's not being controlled. It's at least... If arguably, it's a better life because they're free. Yeah. yeah, and they have yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's that. But I, I think that there's. A, I mean, and it's it's really heavily implied. It's never really stated. But I think there's a little bit of a character arc with this guy, the the sort of goateed guy who gives the money. A little bit because because of the you you see him sort of being the one who is helping and and part of the the research, but he's not like. But then the senator's condemning it, and he's like, well, you know, no, you can't just shut it down. You know, we've been working right. on this for a while, and so he's sort of. He's sort of like caught in the middle between like the lady yes. and like the senator. And he stuff wants like that. to help, but he knows it's probably not a good idea. But then at the end, you see when they do the, and it's a bookend because you've seen that cutting the paper at the beginning. Right. Uh, they do the it's, it's scientist testimony sink senator campaign, campaign. So you realize this guy has turned against the senator against the right. source. He's of going to the trial yeah. right now yeah, in order to okay. testify and against the I government. That. Yeah. Sorry. So he's so he's bringing he's the the situation that put them in this bad situation. He's bringing it down. You know, he's right. taking it down. And so it's. I think he's like really excited because he obviously recognizes the dog and the cat. Right, he says clever dog. Yeah, and and so I I feel like there's it's a, it's a it makes sense that he's giving him the money because he's because he's like yeah you know what and they're still alive and I'm happy so here yeah. take care of these animals you know that's kind of what I got out of it at the end. So ultimately, I think that this book had a lot of feels. Yeah, it um, it had some storytelling. Not problems, but little hurdles here and there. It was very compressed. Excellent art, um, albeit for me a little inaccurate at times and a little kind of uh, inconsistent. But layout. Um, 
but was, yeah. but the storytelling and the layout and the panels were fantastic. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to add? My heart hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot read this again. No, I I would tell anybody. I mean, obviously, but not because of ready. the quality, not because of the no. quality, but just because I don't think my little heart could take it. It's one of those. It's one of those books that. It's one of those. It's like movies. You see a lot of movies where you like you watch that once and you go, well, I don't either ever have to, a either ever have to watch that again because I, I get it and I don't think I can handle it. Or b that's not a movie I'm gonna watch for a long, long time. But it's but in in its own way, it was perfect and wonderful <coughs> as it was. Um, it, it if it, from per, from people who are animal lovers and if you're an animal lover yourself, like this is gonna hit you on a, a hard level. So have some yeah. t- have a box of tissues next to you. But um, I think the mess- and if you don't have any feels to this, what yeah, kind the, of evil heartless monster the, are you? The message is And if you clearer. make your friends read it, what kind of evil heartless monster? I wanted you guys to read something that you would. It was feel one, Ryan. Things. I will say, even though I've given you a hard time, I want to thank you for having yeah. us read this. It's <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, good it's, book. Good was good book. No, stop. Wow. Stop doing this. <laughs> no. All right. So let's 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 cheer things up a little bit and uh, move on to our next segment, which is the four color character compendium. Now, um, yes. some of you might disagree with the cheering up of this, but we're going to be talking about um, another Marvel character, <laughs> a Marvel character this time, um, a Marvel character that recently uh, before this episode has been recorded, has been uh, reported a lot on in the nerd nerd world of, of movies and, and comic book stuff. Um, because a a casting choice that some uh, many would consider very um, missed cast. Some would just say, you know, they, they don't know. Um, but we're going to be talking about the character of Gambit, uh, who is an, a character from the X Men, mostly because um, Alan, you kind of want you kind of brought this to my attention. So right. what, what was going on? T- tell us a little bit about what happened recently and and why you thought this would be a cool one for the character compendium. So recently, um, with the uh, new X Men movie coming out, and then a. Uh, uh, the, a uh, third movie being announced and talked about they are doing casting already so one of the people cast uh for the new x-men apocalypse movie (coughs) is channing tatum as gambit now when this happened my facebook like exploded (laughs) like my facebook (laughs) tumblr exploded uh i'm sure a lot of other uh comic book uh places exploded as well sometimes for the good sometimes and I'm I'm willing to bet seventy five percent not for the good. Yeah, the the sheer amount of nerd girl anger because my my my, my girlfriend's favorite character of okay, characters are Rogue and Gambit, and so, she was just like blasphemy, exactly. burn down Fox. I'm God like, forbid they use Channing Tatum. <laughs> um, uh, I don't I don't know who that is. Who's Channing Tatum? Um, so Channing Tatum, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. Okay, have you seen Twenty One Jump Street? The no. New one? Okay. Have you seen uh, any of the G.I. Joe no. movies? Have you seen any movie where a girl goes, oh? I doubt you've seen Magic Mike because you're a dad. <laughs> no, I, I have not seen okay. that. He's a muscly dude. Um, okay. He's Is a he in the Transformers fella. movie? Uh, no, but no. Are you sure? Yes, pretty sure. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, So he, he's one of those sort of generic white when guys. When you first look at him, he does not scream Gambit. Um, however, before... So we don't so get So he's too no deep. Taylor Kitsch is what you're telling me. Yeah, I guess Taylor Kitsch, who looks a lot like Gambit, to be fair. Like, and, they and got his body style yeah, down. He was Gambit in the worst X-Men uh, movie. Oh, boy. Um, well, you know. What movie? I don't we can't know. all be winners. <laughs> um, so, well, briefly, I mean, if we want to go around the circle, and, so, I mean, obviously Ryan doesn't know who this is, so he has no probably thoughts or feels on it. So, when, before well, we get let's started, let's talk about the character. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm just just brief for opinion on it, so we can get out of the way, so we have we have our, our statements on record. I'm willing to give the guy a chance, much like Heath Ledger with the Joker. I know it's not the same caliber of actor. Some will argue, but you know what? I'm willing to give the person a chance. Somebody saw something in them. Could be bad. Could be good. Let's wait and see. He per- was Superman in the Lego 
movie. That's true. Oh, he was. Go. He was Superman in Lego Movie. So personally, I don't care. And to be perfectly <laughs> honest, the reason Hold I on. wanted can you say that again as Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive? No. Okay. Uh, no. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna try. Um, so the reason is I don't care, and, and I don't know why everybody else does either. The reason I wanted to bring Gambit was because when when <coughs> they announced that Channing Tatum was gonna be Gambit, and everybody started freaking out. I'm like, do you know who Gambit is? Does anybody know who Gambit is? From the exception of where do we all know Gambit from? X Men animated, animated series. X Men the animated series from Sherry. 1990 something, right? Yeah, so. It's true. And even then, all he was was soap opera fodder for him and Rogue. And a foil for Wolverine to be like, let's fight each other because we don't like each other. So, oh, in, in elementary school, he was, let's argue about who's the most powerful X-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, for some reason, this guy who throws playing cards that explode is really, really cool. So, But then I thought to myself, what do I know about Gambit? And that's absolutely nothing. So this is why we do this. Yeah. <laughs> Learning. So um, Gambit was created by Chris, Chris Claremont and Jim Lee in 1990. Okay. Yeah. It, that's to, accurate. To preempt your next question. No, that's accurate. <laughs> so Ryan's right. He uh, was created um, by the aforementioned, uh, some would say legends, you know. Oh, yeah. Have Claremont oh, for sure. There, especially when you're talking about X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, first appearance uh, is going to be X-Men 266. Um, a book that you own. X-Men. A book that I own. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Uncanny X-Men 266. Um, and then also, um, you know, a lot of notoriety for, they really kind of churched them up, for lack of better words, in uh, X-Men when uh, that came out in the 90s and it was Claremont and Jim Lee and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know? I think it's important to note what year he was created. Oh, yeah, 1990. 1990, yeah. Yeah. 1990, the beginning <laughs> of an era. Exactly. <laughs> Especially so, for X-Men. Yes. He is definitely a 90s character. Oh, for oh, sure. But yeah. um, who, is, who, who is Gambit? Uh, his name is Remy LeBeau. Yes, okay. he is. He is um, the raging Cajun. The raging Cajun, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Somebody told me the other day he's just a French guy. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a Cajun guy. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference you know, there. He's from that. Louisiana. Yeah, he's Louisiana, from French Louisiana. influence. Yes, French influence, <laughs> but he's not a French guy. Um, he is part of the X Men, and and the way that he kind of came about to be part of the X Men is he wasn't always an X Men. He wasn't like, oh, strange new powers. What's going on? Can't control. And then Scott Summers like, hey, you should join our school. No, um, <laughs> he is part of um, a secret uh, society, if you will. Um, I believe the correct um, the correct term for it was the League of Thieves. So mm. a Thieves Guild. Or the Thieves Guild. That's what it was. Yes. And then there's the uh, Guild of Assassins also. Mm-hmm. Or was it the Guild of Thieves? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. Yeah, it's the same deal. But Thieves Guild. That's what it was. And uh, he eventually became... Uh, no, the Guild of Assassins. Um, <laughs> so it, they, they were, you know, this group in like New Orleans and stuff like that. And basically, you know, he's kind of practicing his trade. And through that, he meets Storm. And then Storm, being a former thief herself, back, you know, when she was a child, she was trained to be part of this, you know, group of thieves. Um, You know, he kind of was brought into the X-Men from there. So, you know, became part of the X-Men. Eventually, you know, um, he has affiliations with all the X-teams, you know, X-Force, x Blah, X, blah, 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 blah. So if <laughs> you, X Factor. If you dive into into Gambit's history, you start to find that he's not like the heroic character no, like that you all. would normally find. No. Like even less so than than Wolverine. I mean yeah. Wolverine's kind of the, the 
lone wolf and uh he would uh you know he would zone in and out but gambit is more of he starts off as like sort of a villain and then he becomes part of the x-men and then he gets Mm -hmm. shunned and then he comes back and then he's like in and out constantly but he's he's less of a mainstay and more Mm -hmm. of a you know like a guest star in most Mm -hmm. x-men books yeah he's around for a little while he does his thing and then he leaves and then he comes back in a different fashion he truly is like a lone wolf yeah sort of but i think it's more of he is supposed to be um a, a a uh a place for you to to put your um kind of what's the word i'm looking for um like your baggage, your yeah your doesn't quite fit into the moral painting that you know the X Men paint or whatever. yes, you know the the gray area because the X Men are all about everyone and you know we're all good here and good, he's supposed good, good. to be wait for it the wild card. He is. Uh, <laughs> uh, You're setting that one up. Oh sure. come on! <laughs> um, so we should, we should talk about cards. Gambit yeah. has. Let's cards. talk about powers so, overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people think. You know, oh, his power is he throws cards that explode. No. That's not his power. No. Okay, so I hope some of you people who were harassing Alan and other people <laughs> on uh, the interwebs are listening here. Basically, his power in a nutshell is he can kinetically charge. Um, I think they call it molecular acceleration. Basically. Um, he basically um, charges. He, he, he can he can bring out the potential kinetic energy in any object by charging them at a, uh, at a molecular level. So he can grab anything and charge it up and throw it at you and it can explode on contact. And it can be that the charging time depends on the size and the size of the object and how long it takes to, uh, you know, the density, the potential for it. Right. So, so he could do a table, he could do anything. We, so, had, a lot of, we had a lot of arguments when I was in elementary school yeah. about this because we all had marvel collecting trading cards perfect i have some of those yeah i i did too and i had i had galactus and i was like galactus is the the greatest like nobody can beat galactus because he's he eats planets he's huge and so he's like no gambit can be Galactus. i'm like no he'd just eat him he's like no he'd charge the earth up i'm like oh it'd take too long and so this was like (laughs) like like an argument going back over months and months when i was in elementary school about who's better gambit or galactus you were correct by the way (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I would know think Galactus, Galactus would win. Because Galactus would just grab Gambit and eat him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he but, would absorb like, him. Gambit, Gambit's kind of cool. Yeah, so well, I, I just think that the whole kinetic energy thing. So where they go with the whole kinetic energy is he's charging up potential kinetic energy. And it's, I'm not, it's, I'm, it's I'm not a comic book. Physics, don't try, to, don't try to science it. Okay, okay, okay. Fine, I'll let that go. For, so to, to give a little bit more pseudoscience to that, basically what it is is... For example, us as humans, we're yeah. capable of putting out a lot more energy and force than we actually do because our brain doesn't let us do certain things. If you were to just use our bodies as potential energy, that's why, you know, a, a mom in danger can lift a, a car off of, you know, her kid. Cause so that's adrenaline. why yeah. that's why he has super strength and somewhat super healing and exactly. that kind of thing. That his, taps in and he can have his sense. agility. He's stronger. He's also trained in a so, French form of uh, kickboxing. Which is awesome. 
So I think, Alan, though, I know you're questioning about, like, why do people seem to love this character so much? Yes. Which is what we keep coming back to. Yes. Um, I, I think I have a the good... accent. I think, I think I have a good answer for you. Um, I, I think when... You, it's the two things you mentioned, or we talked about. One, yes, he's a romantic foil to Rogue. Now, a lot of girls who grew up... I'm speaking as, as the boyfriend of a fangirl uh, of both these characters. I kind of was like, why Rogue? Why Gammon? She's telling me kind of, kind of why she loves Rogue so much. But I think the fact that... that they both kind of have powers that are related to touch. Um, mind you, the difference is Gambit can control his ability. Rogue cannot. So Gambit can choose to pick up a, you know, a card or whatever and not supercharge it to where Rogue, anything she touches, she instantly absorbs that power. And the idea that between a, 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 a guy who has that sort of ability, who can live in a world and wants to pursue a relationship that you know involves hugging and kissing and all the stuff you do in relationships, and someone who can never do that, can never kiss, can never do that. And he's a romantic at heart. He's a very romantic character, at least they, the way they portray him in the Oh, supposedly, series. just be, uh, supposedly, he also has charm power like on a pheromonal level charming to the point no apparently it's a power to the point where he can like persuade anyone to do certain things unless you know about it and then powers and abilities wikipedia think about him being able to tap into the potential energy he could tap into potential energy of anything and everything including pheromones i guess and i think from the from the male perspective because i remember i used to like him but as a kid too I mean, I, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here, too, but I think it comes to a little bit of both. First of all, it's pretty good with the ladies. Oh yeah, yeah as, as a kid, dude, and even as now, like I, I, Gambit's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> For me, there's no question about it. I love Gambit, and I think as a kid, it was because like, oh look at him. Maybe it's like my spicy Latin blood that I'm like, oh, he's good with the ladies. You know, maybe if I follow his lead and learn French, patience um, are spicy. Exactly. So um, there was always that. And because, you know, like you're saying, he's the lone wolf who comes in, does his thing, leaves, comes back. He's got a pretty awesome costume, too. He's got a big, long trench coat, and he has like a bow staff. It's pretty awesome for 1990. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's awesome to, to, he appealed to children then. I remember having a Gambit toy, and it had a a, a coat on it. And when you took the coat off, the collar was attached still. So it was (laughs) not a full coat. But like, it was a nice foil in the animated series, especially for Wolf. Wolverine like they're, they're, they would go back and forth and be like oh I'm gonna fight you they, they just quit back and forth yeah. to where a lot of times in the movies you see you know uh, at least for the for the Marvel movies you've seen kind of you see Cyclops and Wolverine kind of going back and forth but there's never really quippy it's more like I don't like you Scott well I don't like you either Wolverine well we're good then fine these guys are more like oh yeah well I'm gonna do this well I'm gonna do this to you well there's, I'm gonna do there's this there's always well, more like competitiveness between yes them. exactly um and it's because he literally is just the bad boy, you know, is, 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 uh, of the X Men. You have like, Ryan here's like, no, I hate but he's him. the pretty boy bad boy. But here's no, because here's the thing: you have Wolverine. You can say Wolverine's the bad boy, you know, like he just doesn't play by anyone's mm-hmm. rules. He does play by rules. He's the tough boy. You know, he's he's the enforcer. Okay, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. the enforcer. He's the general, but he is not lawless. You know, Gambit comes from. From thieves, you know, and it, it, he's got his own set of laws. Yeah, it's a guild of thieves, so yeah, they have rules and they have laws. <laughs> All right, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. You co- you called me out on that, but um, basically, what we as you know people living in this lawful society, you know, that's why he just kind of does his own thing. So here's a question: Gambit cares about Gambit, exactly. Yeah. So here's a Gambit question: Gambit cares about Gambit. Wolverine cares about protecting good people. Sure. Does is there a way to make Japanada? Is there is there a way? funny. Uh, (laughs) Is there a way to make Gambit likable? 
Like, is there a way? Can he ever really be a mainstay character? Do you think? Yes, I, I by, think so. by applying more personality to him. You have a blank slate <coughs> you're working with. I don't know if you have a blank slate because here's you, the thing: you have a general idea, but you have a little bit more. Like we we're so talking. Could we create a gambit ongoing? Yes, basically. I absolutely you think, you believe. Think that I absolutely stick? believe you could. Yes, I think it's tough because for a lot of gambits, I, I, not his life, his as, as long as he's been around, he's really like to a certain extent the like cool fan character like he's the one that you want to be because he's like his his powers are everything he's like oh yeah well he also has charm power and like oh he can also like see when he's blind because he can tell the future with his cards and like he can also like you know and, and it's and he'll he was also da- he'll beat your dad in a fight yeah, he, yeah exactly. he was he was horseman death and he can transmute air into toxic gas oh yeah he like, was he was like one of the four horsemen like it just seems like it, there it's it seems like the writers in the 90s you know were like like well we need like everybody loves this character let's make him just everything cool and yeah. and it, it just and nothing and against it, gambit and but it, it worked <laughs> but it but it, it's it there's it there's sold, it sold me gambit he's kind of he's like the he's like the you know the betty sue he's like the well he can do anything he's the mary he's sue. everybody's the mary sue is that what i'm going with yeah yeah he's like everybody's character because he can do anything you just invent a power for him and now he has it here, that makes sense here's the other cool thing when we used to play x-men on the playground and i was like i'm gambit there was there was always a rogue man. There was always a rogue. Oh, wow, <laughs> there you go. And then someone someone uh, wanted. I don't know. The I don't know girl about you. Everybody wants loves him. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I don't know about the you. But everyone I think wants, but no one can touch. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of the coolest things about Gambit is that he throws playing cards, and who doesn't just have playing cards laying around? It's like the closest you can get to having like a mutant power. It's like if you want to play as a kid, just pick up a pack of cards exactly. or like I know a dollar right now. There are them. there are I Hello Kitty like, playing. I feel cards. like Bicycle wrote Mar- Marvel and like look. <laughs> we want children to throw our cards away and then buy more of them. They've been the spending a lot of money on these garbage pale kids, <laughs> and I, we know you do those cards, collectors cards. So but we really need the money. Yeah. So, um, to Pokemon's to, coming soon. <laughs> to, to speak, My wife we, says, we've seen it in the cards. And <laughs> my wife says that she loves Gambit, but she loves Wolverine more. And that's and that's fine. And that's know, arguable. That's, Wolverine is awesome, dude. There's no. I always found myself Wolverine. between a rock and a hard place when it came to choosing between the two. But um, to answer the question, can you know there be an ongoing? Can they make him a viable character? You know, stands alone. I'd say yes. They have had um, a more recent run of Gambit only. You know, the Gambit solo title mm-hmm. books that ended a little bit more recently, and I feel like they're gonna bring that back um, and work them into some of the other books and stuff like that with that. But um, I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to look at some of the lesser things because, okay, he can charge objects with potential energy. Um, how are you going to make that relatable? I, th- I think you- that in itself has potential. That, that has oh, a lot of role. That has potential. But I think the way that they make people connect with him, I think the way they make him a likable character is really playing up the charm. And I think that's where Channing Tatum comes in for for me. I was going to ask you, like, so what is your thought on that? I'm not going to sit here and, you know, quote like, oh, man, I've seen Channing Tatum, you know, do this and do that. And, you know, he's this kind of an actor, that kind of actor. I I cannot sit here and do that. That would be a lie. Right. I can say most of the movies that he's been in, I haven't really had a big interest to see. 
But reading a little bit into why they chose him and all that sort of stuff, I guess uh, Channing Tatum himself, uh, he's not Cajun, but he's Southern. So they're talking about, you know, he can pile on that charm. He knows. Can he pull off the accent, though? I don't know that yet. Uh, In an interview that I was reading here with him or whatever, I guess he's saying, like, I grew up like around a lot of Cajun people. So he's like, I kind of know, or I have a pretty good feel for, you know, the, the lifestyle, the, you know, the, the way they have an outlook on stuff. Um, you know, he's expressed a lot of interest in wanting to play the character, and it seems like he wants to give it his best effort. After, and, and again. And let's not, be honest, he's a pretty boy. And, he's pretty, and there's that. And also, supposedly, I guess. Here's, here's the thing, too. I, I'm not kind comparing acting ability, but I remember hearing that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. And just uh, thinking, don't do this. You do this every time. What? Every single time. What? Oh no! You can't make the Joker analogy for every single time somebody's about to be a superhero, and you're like, I don't want to judge. He was the Joker because that was lightning. You can't call everything lightning. I I'm mean, not calling it lightning. I'm just saying that you I'm can't gonna give give this me person a give fair me chance. one other time that's happened. <laughs> what? Just have two examples. Is that so much to ask? Just two examples. Christian two examples. Bale is a pretty good Batman. If, did anybody have doubts about that? Make Michael it? Keaton was a pretty good Batman. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton Don't, was a pretty that's good Batman. A different, that's a different thing. He was better than Val I'm Kilmer. just saying, everybody <laughs> makes the Joker analogy, and I'm really it's just not saying... It's an analogy. I don't, I'm not saying that that doesn't count. I'm saying give me one more. Give me one more. That's all I'm asking for. Two examples to go, okay, this has convinced me you cannot judge. That's uh, all I'm saying. Leonardo DiCaprio in anything after Titanic because after Titanic is like oh he's just Mr. Titanic he's like pretty boy ladies you know ladies man and then he was in Inception I think we're stretching but that's fine I believe okay fine <laughs> I'll give you that on one. the spot ask stretching. me to do this uh, don't I'm, bring up a, never mind just. all I'm trying to say <laughs> is Alan is it because we're talking about Batman? Is that what it is? No, that's not it at all. I just, I just like people to have well-rounded arguments. Anyway. It's um, not an argument. I'm just stating, from my opinion, I will not make a judgment okay. until I see the portrayal. Right. Because I have been wrong in making judgments before. Boom. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, that takes that will take us out of a very heated character companion. Wow, yeah, and move us into um, and, and move us into uh, the back matter for the show. So I know we have a lot to talk about. We've kind of look at caught up in the back matter. matter. And it's funny that uh, Alan, <laughs> Alan, Alan, Alan. I, I think we're I think playing a nineties <laughs> pinball game. Yeah, uh, we're transitioning from nineties comics. Alan, Alan, <laughs> since, yeah, since you mentioned, well, we'll start with this. I know we have a lot to talk about, but then since you mentioned a bolt of lightning, let's start start with the obvious. So, the most recent so breaking news. As when Ian says part. we have a lot to talk about, he means we have a lot to talk about in terms of television There's shows based on comic books. Television. There was a movies. lot of news about that. There's this a lot week, of news. A lot of news. So a lot of news today. Today. As we record this, um, so you'll we'll kind of give it now away. Now you know. Now you know. And Alan wearing the shirt of this superhero. Um, Alan, huh. what happened today in so relation to the shirt that you're wearing right now? Oh, I'm boy. wearing a Flash shirt, and I'm not gonna lie. I watched the trailer for the new Flash television show, and then I had to get dressed. I'm like, 
wearing a flash shirt today. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was close, man. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, Barry Allen, who is the Flash, um, who we haven't really talked much about on the show, um, actually uh, was kind of introduced in the show Arrow, which is the Green Arrow show we've talked a little bit about on in the past. CW. Sexy Arrow, as I like to call him, because he's always has his shirt off. Um, so he was introduced, and his origin was kind of shown of how he became the Flash. And the idea that they're going to spin off a series. Now, they didn't really ever say, like, does it tie in with the Arrow universe? Is it something separate? I mean, uh, we assumed, but they never said they were going to mention it. And the trailer launched today, and it is everything I wanted it to be and more. I am super duper excited for the show. He uh, runs really fast. He does, does run fast. Yeah, Got to go fast. fast he does. And and they got they got the mannerisms right and the fact they're tying it in with Arrow, which I... Yeah. Which, which, I, I think well only two of us here in the the four of us watch Arrow, um, but it, I mean it's a CW show like kind of like Smallville, so it has its you know cheesy moments. But I, I they really call love out Arrow. the fact that he got abs out of nowhere, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> other than Batman and other than you know other than Batman, like 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 more ancillary characters, I love the Flash and I love Green Arrow. So like I don't see anything going wrong here. Like they both make me happy. What I, what I really liked in. Um the trailer that that I saw, I saw the extended trailer. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. watched the yeah, that's one. I watched. Of course, we did. gosh. Um, I I really liked how they kind of made a point, um, to point out that, you know, there's going to be some bigger threats here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because they have a a form in which they could do that. You know, they can. How are they going to do something in Green Arrow about this guy can make tornadoes and he's going to take over? He's, he can control the weather. Yeah. You can't do that with someone like Green Arrow. He's like, well, I'm going to try to shoot him with an arrow. So you have someone that actually has a super ability, a super ability, and not just a trained classic escalation. skill. Yep. And they you tease know. the fact that like the dimensional rift has been opened and all of a sudden there's superpowers in the world now. So exactly. Well, see know, what happens to that. See, yeah. There's a wizard about. who can control the weather. A yeah. weather wizard. wizard, one might uh-huh. say. Yeah. Um, and the in the kind of the tease in the beginning there of like uh, a reverse flash slash professor. Yeah, yeah. There. Oh man, I and saw that. I got really excited. I'm gonna go super nerdy on you guys right now. And if you're not a nerd, you'll probably understand. Wait, that. you haven't been up until this no. point. <laughs> no, this is, no, this is super nerdy. Okay, put on um, your goggles. There is, Boom. A, there is a character with the last name of Thawne in this show that has been cast. Eobard Thawne is the name of Professor Zoom from the future. Gotcha. So we'll talk about the Flash at some point on the show. But yes. that, long story short, there is a bad version of the Flash from the future that like liked Barry Allen's like, hey, he's from the past. I like him. I'm gonna recreate the accident. And ends up turning bad. Yeah. <laughs> long story short. Um so but yeah, I, I like that they teased that in the beginning. I like the I, what do you guys think of the costume? I'm still not in love with it, but it looks good. It looks good. I, I think it's it's functional. They made they made it make sense in the trailer too. They yeah, talked a little I agree. about it. They, I saw where I they, think they only saw when he was going fast. I yeah, don't think yeah, I saw him just standing there costuming just it up. Google it and you'll see the stills. They yeah. showed something where when they first reveal the costume to him, and then also in one scene, as soon as he stops, there's some sort of a face mask that goes along with it, oh, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool because as nerdy as it is, I always thought. Does he like breathe normal? Like yeah. he's running that fast. Like can he breathe? But if he's got some way to regulate his breathing, right. you know, that I think that's kind of a cool little like pseudoscience thing. Well, so yeah. I had to mention, like, when I was talking about it with people earlier today, that half of this trailer makes me really excited. The other half makes me just want to cringe so hard. Okay. And one of those is the fact that First of all, Barry Allen has, is a detective. He's always been a detective. Um, but he's like 19? <laughs> he, he looks 19? He's rather young. <laughs> I'm not, like, not that believability is a big 
part of this but the fact that like he's really young and then his team of friends who's supposed to be helping them are all look like they're fresh out of you know college it just it makes it tough i mean i i get where they're going with this the whole you know cw we need to relate to our target audience which is 19 to 25 year olds but it, it just makes it hard to watch on top of that frank uh kavanaugh is it frank kavanaugh mm, i think so yeah um that guy has a, a hit or miss record of of acting with me. Okay. In some things, he's really good, and then in others, not quite the person you want there. And I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure how this is going to go. Sure, I, I I can speak for me. I, I I'm really excited. I, I like watching Arrow, and this seems to be Arrow with superpowers, which is which makes me really happy. Yeah, it looks like they've also because part of me has wondered. I'm like, okay, I know Arrow has gained viewership and popularity, but there's always that kind of, and they've kind of upped the ante a little bit, but. There's always been that kind of like, okay, I know you got some more money, CW. So where <laughs> where is it in Arrow? And you're like, oh, the special effects in the Flash look a lot cleaner. They right. look a little Tom bit Kavanaugh, more. By the way, yeah. sorry, and, anybody and, screaming at the yeah. podcast? Tom Kavanaugh. And, and, and with and with the Flash too, it's like that just seems like a no brainer. It's something I've been I've been screaming for years. Like I'm like, why are you making a Green Lantern movie? The Flash, easy. He runs fast. There's yeah. no like he's a space cop who has to. It's like boring. I'm already done. They, Not that I hold, let me explain from the average audience goer. Me, okay, I'm like I'm enough. on board, but the average audience goer is like I don't. I'm that's why I'm worried about Guardians. I'm like I'm hoping they they cling on. Oh to this. no, they they've they've got that. Nails. I'm hoping I'm not so, worried about but that. I'm I'm a little a little part of me a little little. Little fear in the gut. I think what they did really well is um, with a character like the Flash. Uh, for lack of better words, they they kind of waited till the technology caught up a bit because we might say like, "Well, what do you mean they can do all sorts of crazy special effects and stuff like that?" We've seen that so much in so many movies, but um, I, what I've saw or picked up from the trailers um, is that you don't see a lot of the Flash going fast. And when you do, it looks exactly what you think it's going to look like. There's a whole big, long scene about him like running through the city that looked really cool. What what you see um, when you're looking up close with Barry and stuff like that is you see everything else moving really slow. Mm-hmm. And with now with these super high frame rate cameras and stuff like that, that's stuff super like that. easy yeah, to do cool. without having to CG it. And I yeah. think that's what makes it a lot more believable rather cool. than having to do yeah. a CG rat, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's that's show number one that we're going to talk about. So that's The Flash. That's the newest one. The other one we're going to talk about, uh, there's, there's well, there's four technically. The last one we'll give a little bit of info on. But second one, let's talk about the trailer for Constantine. Okay. Um, so Constantine, uh, they're mm-hmm. doing another DC Universe show. Um, actually, technically, that would be Vertigo, I would imagine, but still part of the DCU. Yeah, he's still technically part um, of the DCU. For Constantine, now a lot of you may think that movie with Keanu Reeves. Yes no. and no. Yes, it's the same <laughs> character. No, it will not be the same. Um, this looks so, way better. Chewy, this show. When I first saw this, it, it seemed like something that would absolutely appeal to you. Yeah. And I told you about Hellblazer a while ago. I'm like, this mm-hmm. seems like a character you'd really dig. So, what did you think of the trailer? Um, I, I mean, I, I looked at the trailer and I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm look I'm looking to check it out for, um, uh, there, there's some, I, for me not knowing as much as I probably should about Hellblazer, Constantine, you know, it's interesting enough. I feel like I'm going to get enough backstory, but it's not just going to be like, okay, one day I was, you know, this happened and this, ha-. it seems like they're going to set it in a pretty interesting thing. And from, the little tiny bits, the little snippets that I've read mm-hmm. involving Constantine, usually in crossovers with other books like right. Swamp Thing yep. and Animal Man and stuff like that. Um, 
it looks like they've kind of got his demeanor down. Mm-hmm. It seems like it. You know, um, it the, the reluctant, like, <laughs> know it all about this particular subject. Like, oh, just do the like, stupid fine, thing. Fine, let's mm-hmm. just do it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he has an accent. Yeah, because he's, you know, English and stuff like that. I didn't know he was English. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I thought that was pretty cool. Some of the effects, you know, look great. Some of them look not so great. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, maybe work within your reach. But then again, I watch Arrow and I like it and I'm satiated. <laughs> <laughs> That's not to say that Arrow is a bad show, but it's not a, like, perfect show. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always look at everything compared to that. So I'm like, is it going to be this or better? Um, I think it could be at least on par with that. We'll have to see kind of what the writing for me, but uh, it's something I look forward to. It, it looks very much like... Walking Dead, mm-hmm. sort of the way it's yeah. shot, maybe the colors right, and stuff yeah. like that. I, yeah. I, and I feel like with the scary elements and things like that, they're going for kind of a Walking Dead feel, you know, based on comics. There's sort of zombie, demony things and and stuff like that. Right. I feel like the reason they didn't put this in the CW is because they already have a show called Supernatural that's on there. However, <laughs> I've watched episodes of Supernatural, and this looks like it's going to smoke it, like blow it out of the water. And I I love supernatural type stuff, not the show, but like the supernatural ghost demon right. and stuff like that. Uh, if you listen to stuff and things, you'll hear Chewie and I talk about it frequently, like about spooky things. Um, spooky. And yes. I, I love the I love that John Constantine. It's almost like, and I'm going to say this, he's very witty, very quick witted, kind of right. smart alecky, almost a little bit like the Doctor. So it's like the Doctor with ghosts is kind of how this is sort of. Off. I think the angry Doctor. Angry like Doctor. He's really? a lot more mad. Yeah, I thought he would be doctor. sort of like the Doctor, but more like Doctor House. Yeah, he's a little like, bit like yeah. that. House yeah. with demons. House, yeah. yeah, interesting. <laughs> so, I but yeah, I'm I'm excited to check that one out too. Um, I would, you know, I'm not into horror movies. I don't watch them at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested in watching this. Like, yeah. it, it kind of has a lot. It has a lot of the same, at least from the trailer, a lot of the same kind of setup and a lot of the same kind of filters and the same kind of um, special effects that like modern horror movies do, which mm-hmm. I stay away from like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, I really want to watch this. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. Um, secondly, uh, you're, to your point, it's not on the CW, it's going to Fox. Oh no, it's going no, to NBC. 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 Yeah. Okay, good. That was about to scare me because I'm like, Fox does not have a great track record with new shows. And I think that this deserves a fair shake. That to be, that being said, NBC is losing a couple really good shows this season. So you may see people kind of like, Oh, it's not going to be what I was watching before. So, you know, what's the point of watching? And it's not yeah. going to fill the hole in my heart. So they may not give it a solid chance. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, before we get on to Fox, though, one little quick little little thing. We'll switch universes here real quick. Uh, Marvel's also announced that in addition to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back, they're also going to be doing a, a show about Agent Carter, who, if you're like, who's that? In Captain America, she is the love interest who is. They do a short, and we saw a piece of it. I didn't watch the whole yeah, thing, the whole but thing she looks pretty tough. Oh yeah, Peggy so Carter. Yes, it's a girl kick butt show. It's a like it's a period about. piece. It's a period right? piece it's, too. It's yeah, it takes place 40s-ish. after forties ish. Mm-hmm. It's like espionage spy type stuff. So I, I'm nice. excited to check that out too. They haven't really released too much, but they did mention that would be happening. But. Mm-hmm. Talk about Alan's favorite subject and the one we've been waiting for. <laughs> um, speaking of Fox, one last show to talk about. Um, <laughs> the, the rest of this podcast will be very bat centric, so I apologize in sure. advance, Alan. Yeah. Let's talk about the trailer for Gotham. Yes, the trailer the for new Gotham. Fox show that is so coming Gotham. out. Okay, let's start Uh-oh, with Ryan. Ryan. Heavy Ryan. I, I don't know. Cyan guys. Ryan. I watched several seasons of Smallville, and that this show was so much better than it that. It does, though. but it was still like. Young Superman, and and we're not going to call him Superman, and but he's still going to do all the Superman stuff and meet all right? the Superman people. Yeah. But nobody's going to wear costumes; otherwise, it's the same. And so this, like, the fact that they introduced like 
half of the canon characters from Spy- from uh, Batman. Yeah, like that- right there, and you're like, well, but but you know that that doesn't happen till like a lot later till it becomes Batman. Right. So I don't know. Like I, I would like it. I guess I, I guess like I understood why they put that in the trailer because they want people to be like, oh, it's Batman, and I like Batman. Batman's great. But but um, like I want it to be more like the the Gotham Central comics. And I have a feeling it's gonna. From what I understand, it's gonna be where it's where it's it happens in Gotham, and yeah, it's just sort of like a police procedural. CSI, and every so often it's just like, hey, remember it's Batman universe. For, from from what I understand, they're gonna focus mostly on Jim Gordon. Yeah, it's gonna be a very Jim Gordon centric. Yeah. So they made that a, trailer didn't sell it that way though. That's <laughs> for sure. Well, they have to. Can but, just yeah, the Batman but, hook but, is pretty significant. But yeah. they will also have like he's gonna partner with a young Bruce Wayne to solve mysteries and stuff too. But he, young Bruce Wayne is supposed yeah. to be in boarding school brooding. Sure, for, but like, he's a little kid years. right now. But the the, the, the one and thing, the whole Catwoman and Penguin and see that. And once again, none of that bothers me none well, of this it seems cash me. grabby sure it well, does, they, well first of all very much so. if you're gonna if you're gonna tell people listen to comic book fans if you're like i'm we're gonna do a police procedural show that's all about jim gordon and harvey bullock driving around gotham solving crimes great that sounds awesome to that me as a comic awesome. book fan but when you're making a trailer for people they're like well why do i care that's why you trick them and make a trailer like this that's yeah. like Batman, <laughs> Batman, Batman, and then when you what you deliver is you deliver a show about Jim Gordon. And See, like, the thing that oh. I'm worried is that the executives would be like, well, there's not enough Batman in this. We need more Batman. Oh, you I better saw, believe. I, I watch Game of Thrones where they happen. promise dragons for a whole season, and then they finally show you dragons, and it's like for five seconds. But so the like, whole oh! point of Game of Thrones so is to make your audience hate you, I thought. I thought that was the whole I've, point I've of the show. So they're going to have to produce They're gonna have to produce a television show on par with Game of Thrones in order for this to be successful. It has Batman. Man in it, Alan. No, it doesn't because if they're it teasing doesn't, it has Batman, Bruce Wayne. that's the point. The Batman, point you were just making. But that's the thing. People love the tease. People love, <laughs> the, people love the tease. That's why Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, every episode ends on like a, oh man, what's going to happen next time? We'll see so, if that happens. But uh, Chewie had his hand up. Chewie was very adamantly having his hand up because I feel like I'm going to get some, some people on my side on this one. I feel like y'all are overthinking this too much. We probably, probably so, are. It, Ian makes a very good point. It was the point that I was going to make. You you don't need to sell the comic book fan on this stuff because even if the comic book fan is like this looks like it's gonna be the biggest piece of garbage ever, they're gonna watch it because that way they'll have fodder for like how bad it was. Yeah, you know. And worst thing that's gonna happen is they'll say I, I, my 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 suspicions were confirmed, or you know they're gonna be like oh it was actually not that bad. Um, with the amount of people, uh, nerd fans, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of went in very skeptical to Arrow and having Arrow turn it around. Mm-hmm. I feel like this can definitely do that. When you look at, you know, you can see, you know, what the, who they've cast as Gordon, you know, who they've cast as Bullock, as, you know, that's where they're putting their weight. That's mm-hmm. where they're putting the focus, definitely, when you look at yeah. the actors. You don't see a whole lot of you know, larger names in the kids. Um, I think, um, like there's some kind of just like name recognition there, but you know, it's one of those things where you just got to have, you know, you say at the end, there's penguin, there's blah, there's blah. So that way people are like, Ooh, I recognize those names. I'll watch that. And what happens is they sit down and watch it and they find out, Oh, Henry, you know, we we have uh, we have Cobblepot, we have you know, uh, yeah, we have I Bruce think, Wayne, yeah, we I have think, Selena think, Kyle, because yeah, you, you can't throw names. up those names for the people that don't know. Yeah. And basically, what's going to happen is, you know, you give them just those little hints as to who these people are. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Bruce Wayne as a kid 
doing Batman detecting. Him being there is going to be to drive Gordon to solve the mystery of who, you know, to try to catch. Like he says in the trailer, I will help to find, you know, who killed your parents. And, you know, it's just going to be one of those things where they're going to go into a nice, heavy, intricate police procedural show. And those shows do well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no, it's true. De- Dexter is interesting. It's an interesting take, but a lot of people like it for the investigative side of it. Law and Order, CSI, you know, that sort of stuff, I think is what's really going to sell it. You're going to have the other side of it to kind of keep the younger uh, crowd interested or the people who are just like, you know, I think it's going to be very informational for people that don't know much about the Bat universe. One last thing I will say, and this is the one thing I will say about the trailer, <coughs> this is that it's this something that no Batman live-action interpretation has ever done, and it's small and it's subtle. They have, based on the trailer I've seen, given us the most realistic portrayal of Bruce Wayne's parents being killed for one reason. You hear Bruce screaming, like screaming mm-hmm. bloody murder. Every other time you see a movie, it's always like, Mom, Dad, there's no like, God. Like, if your parents Mm. got killed in front of you, I'm pretty sure that's the first thing you would do. Scream bloody murder. Pretty bad. I saw that. I was just like, that's what hit me at a core. I was like, whoa. Like, they they did that. That's Mm. different. Like, I feel like they had a lot of board meetings. Like, how are we going to do it? What's going to be pretty cool on that is, you know, for a lot of people, Batman, his parents get killed and then he becomes Batman and fights crime. Yeah, that you're gonna see a what lot. What happens in all bit. that middle? You there's know? A, it, it, it's it's like the Jesus story. I there's a lot of years cut out. There's <laughs> a cut to cut the Jesus as an adult, and that's why a lot true. of people make that. But anyways, I know um, it's true. <laughs> also, <coughs> if I'm not mistaken, Paul Dini has his hands in this. Not probably not. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not I sure. I heard that somewhere. I can't be sure on that. But if that's the case, that is a pretty big plus. True. <laughs> that's a pretty big bonus. There. So one more piece of Batman talk, and then we will let you all go for the next two weeks um is uh the big the other big news this week uh zach snyder has put out a picture uh well two pictures he put out the picture of a batmobile being covered by a tarp and teased that maybe tomorrow there'd be another big reveal and the next day he shows a picture of us uh of ben affleck in the bat suit in the new bat suit standing next to the new you call him bat affleck ben affleck i said i don't know i'm sorry oh that can like we call him bat affleck no i like that better no. that's fantastic <laughs> alan you and me can let's do it so okay. bat affleck. so he showed ben affleck as batman the character batman who he will be who ben affleck will <laughs> be portraying affleck. in the aforementioned Hashtag. batman versus oh. superman it's not um, Batman versus Superman. That's, that's, well, that's what they're calling it right now. They haven't yeah, had, given well, us a new name yet. Um, so, uh, thoughts. Uh, costume. Thoughts on the Batmobile. Thoughts. Looks nice. good. Very Dark Knight Returns-y. Very yeah. Dark Knight Returns-y. Yeah. The one thing that's kind of been bumming me out, though, about the internet is they've been like looking at, like, look, what's this weird face in the background? Yeah. Have it's you the, noticed that? It's the wheel It's well. the wheel well of the Batmobile. <laughs> like, everyone's like, there's the Joker. Yeah, I'm like, no, I can it, see where you'd see that, but it's not. It, it's a wheel well. For the record. That wheel well with the smoke kind of looks like a Joker face. I looked at him like, is that? No, it's just the wheel well. But I'm like, I, I could see where someone would be like, there's a ghost there. There's been like 25 articles yeah. from different websites that I've seen um, that all say the same thing. I like the short ears. I do too. I like the short ears. Oh, yes. yeah. I like the I symbol the short. too. 
very similar to Dark Knight Returns. I like the yeah. Batmobile being. Yeah. We talked about this half Tumblr, half yeah. like half uh, like Tim Burton. Yeah, half Tim Burton, half Ryan Tumblr. Said yeah, that the first thing when we saw it. So Tumblr. Yeah. It's got the wings. It's mm. got the big beefy tires. Yeah, it's got the little sliding. What looks to be the sliding glass <laughs> yeah, on the top. Yeah. Ooh, I love cool. that. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But that's I. I, I was definitely not disappointed. I think I know it looks pretty rad. Yeah. I think it grows on me the more that I look at it. And of course, <laughs> it, the sad Batman meme is now. But I'm fire. sorry, you guys. It still doesn't sell me on seeing that movie. That's okay. I'm still so worried about. Well, especially because it's a sequel to Man of Steel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they did a pretty good job with that suit. You know, it's not too over the top, but it's not no, too no, simplistic. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy I think it. We're going to see nice. what happens. He looks beefy. We're going to yeah. see what happens. So, speaking of seeing what happens, that's going to wrap us up for Back Matter. And for you guys to see what happens next week, let's talk about uh, what we're going to be reading next time so our fans can uh, read along with us. So... After a lot of discussion for First Prince, we finally decided to do it. So, uh, episode uh, the next episode, we will start reading uh, the Alan Moore epic saga of The Watchmen. Now, The Watchmen is a 12-issue series. Gibbons. Yes, drawn by Dave Givens, written by Alan Moore, of course. Um, now, The Watchmen is a 12-issue series, so there's a lot to talk about. And as we learned from V for Vendetta, Alan Moore spikes a lot of conversation. So, oh, we're yeah. going gonna to do another b- breaking it up. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and read the first four issues of Watchmen uh, for next time. So, if you want to read along with us, first four issues of what we'll be talking about next time. Um, are we doing Are we doing Black Freighter, too? Yes, we're reading all the whole thing. We're reading it all, all right. as it is. As it is. Because somebody here hasn't read it, and that somebody is Chewy. Yeah, hi. <laughs> and it's important for him to read it all the <laughs> way through and for us to discuss it. So, what's up? I haven't read Watchmen, and I love Gambit. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> we still love you, Chewy. We do. It's um, all right. So that's a little bit less though. That's gonna be yeah. for First Prince next time. So let's go around the circle and talk about what we're gonna be bringing for. Here's my issue. Alan, Is it my turn? Okay. You usually first. you introduce me. So set the was, tone, Alan. Okay, cool. So you guys, it's been four issues, which you know what that means. Webcomic time. Yay. All right. Another okay. webcomic. Okay. Um, cool. So I will bring, I will be bringing you an indeterminate amount of Zach Morrison's Paranatural. Okay. Huh. okay. All right. That seems interesting. Okay. Um, all right. I'm Chewy. Y'all know me. Hi, Chewy. So I'm going to bring, um, I guess it could be defined as a horror comic of sorts. Um, 2013's Cryptozoic Man, Ooh, number fun. one, by Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson. Uh, some of you might know them from Comic Book Man or just whatever, Don't but Steve, Dave. they're awesome, and I think you guys will like it. It's, uh, I think the name says it all. The yeah. name says it all. Cryptozoic Man, number one. So I'm going to take a page from Ryan's book here and give you a choice. Uh, as far as books, I'm a little torn in my head. Would you now after we three? I was I was thinking about bringing a kind of a heavier book next time, but after we three, I don't know if that's something you guys want. So let me ask you: Do you want something that's more straight ahead fun or another heavy emotional book? Mine is not heavy in the least, so I'm okay. going to go with something lighter. Okay, so something lighter for me. Okay, yeah. something lighter, something heavy. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's go light, I guess. Okay, so Ryan's vote doesn't matter because we're going. Yeah, light. Well. <laughs> So uh, next time, actually, I'll be bringing issue number one. It's funny because we were just talking about this. Uh, issue number one of The Flash. Uh, okay, Francis cool. Manipal, Brian Bucciolato, I think, or Bucciolato? The New 52. Bucciolato. The New 52. Yeah, the first issue of The Flash. I'm excited. Um, so we'll, we'll take a look at that next time. Um, I had already planned that you to bring a dark book, so I had chosen a book to counteract that. That's okay. Let's have a nice happy week next time. Yeah, because we're going to have a happy week. Uh, <laughs> I'm bringing uh, Lumberjanes. Oh, fun. oh cool. Uh, this is gonna be fun it's time. a new book from Boombox. Um, it is written by Noelle Stevenson and someone else. I can't remember her name, uh, but it's super, super fun and good, and oh. Bella likes it too. Exciting. When cool. do you guys read my book? <laughs> Crash the happy party. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours is 
cryptozoic, so you have to go first or second? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Somewhere along there. I think you're going first. Well, guys, this is going to wrap us up at Four Color Commentary for this time. We want to thank you for listening, as always. And as always, before we leave, we want to remind you of something. We want to remind you that even though he can fly, doesn't mean you can skip out on giving Crypto a walk. <laughs> I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. And I'm Ryan. Stay in your mint, everybody. See you, see you next time. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.